I've always been a feminist and I've always been someone who stood up for myself and yeah. had a voice. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I feel like it was really during that period of online dating that I really started to question myself yeah and what i was doing i felt like maybe i was bringing that kind of person into, into my life. Your life Hey guys, welcome to All Things To Be with Karen Taylor. I'm here for a special episode. My very good friend, Em Leeson. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, we're here today um, for this episode called Feminism, Fertility, Fashion and Finding Yourself. All the Fs. All the Fs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of swearing. <laughs> there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of swearing. <laughs> um, why do you think that I've actually asked you to come on the podcast today? I mean, aside from the very um, <laughs> full title. <laughs> I think importantly to talk about all the things and to catch up. I think whenever we have conversations, they're always just amazing and we go off on a million tangents. Yeah. Yes. Everyone can hear all and that. Everyone can hear. You're going to hear. This is. I'm going to change the podcast name to Dinner with Kez and yes. M. <laughs> Inside into a dinner party. Inside into dinner with my mates. Pretty much. Yes. I am always just so blessed by the conversations that we have. I think that we can have differences and opinions, but we can still find our groove with it all the time and it never feels awkward or uncomfortable. And you humble me a lot in a lot of things where I'll be like, ah, you know, you'll say things that just kind of like make me go, oh, actually, you know what? You, you could afford to be a little bit softer here or a little bit more understanding, or this is maybe where you could use your voice a little bit more. Like, so there's things that for me with you that just, you probably don't even realize that you get me to think about um, in my own actions in my daily life. Um, but also, most importantly, to talk about feminism, <laughs> uh, fertility, fashion, and finding yourself, which I think kind of topics that are um, in our society at the moment. And one of them in particular just really isn't getting talked about as much as it should be, which is fertility. So Em's going to talk with us about that today as well. Thank you so much for being brave enough to come and talk to me and the audience. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy what we've got to talk about. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I well. think, yeah, I love our conversations and I always leave them feeling incredible. Yeah, me and too. Just, yeah, <laughs> a couple always feels full. Full. Like, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Love, love you. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's so good to catch up. I know. <laughs> I've missed your face. <laughs> I feel like doing it like this is such a strange way of doing it, but then at the same time, we can talk about all the things, and then it's also going to help other people. <laughs> deep diving. I feel like that was like our last dinner date. I that know. We had, we had pizza. This ended up being this like, huge oh, conversation. And we were like, fucking saving the world. <laughs> you know, I took so much away from that night and I was stuff. Like, I always think about that because I'm like, no one talks about how shit it is to not be able to use your voice. Like, no one talks about it. Like, I mean, people talk about it, but not in everyday life where it's like, you know, how's your Tinder dating going? And no one's going to be like, yeah, well, so I went to this guy's house and we were supposed to go for dinner. And then he was like, we're not going for dinner. You know? Yes. Yes. I was thinking about that the other day and I'm like, it's just for a lot of younger girls, I, I often think about stuff like that because 
they wouldn't know just be like okay well i'm gonna go home then like or if we're not going to dinner then what are we doing because you said we were going to dinner 100 percent. i feel like so for so much so many of us it's our internal dialogue yeah so it's all in our own minds and we yeah. never actually talk about it out loud no. and i feel like it's such a common thing in dating in work in personal life yeah. to feel like in moments like you don't have a voice or you can't use it yeah and especially when you're someone who knows that you've got really valuable things to say yeah. <laughs> and you know you have a voice like you're like why did i quiet myself down in that moment or like go with what the other person wanted or kind of almost get manipulated into something i didn't really want to do like when i'm a strong person like what's and then you judge yourself but you're more afraid of the other person judging you a stranger who you've never met before judging you you're more afraid of that than you are able to actually listen to your own voice when you have like those conversations in the car on your way home with yourself where you're like i wish i had have said like yeah like that dinner date example where yeah. you get there and they're like oh, no we're not going for dinner now yeah. and you wish in that moment every part of you wants to say okay well then i'm off yeah like so, so tell me about that like let's just talk about that so em and i went for dinner one night we were just talking it was when i was quite newly sort of single i think maybe i had started trying it out and i was a bit overwhelmed with the lack of um respect like where not only would people just assume that because you've matched and you started talking now all of a sudden it's like you owe them something um now it's like you know i don't know if it's like in their head they're like cool guaranteed sex and so em and i had this conversation and em was newly married when we had this conversation yes. but we were talking about what um her tinder and dating life um had been like prior to obviously meeting aaron your amazing husband, yes. <laughs> Incredible husband who was so wonderful so prior to that you had had some really shitty tinder dates and one of them was tell us about that one that you told me it was matching on tinder and just that normal part at the start where you're talking and it feels really exciting and you feel like that person is genuinely interested in you yeah even though history tells you otherwise yeah. you're like maybe this person's actually interested in what i have to say bit different <clears throat> yeah it's different yeah and then you're more than just like you said yeah guaranteed sex you're yeah. like maybe this time it's actually going to be more than that than that yeah and he'd spoken this big game about we'll we'll go out for dinner together and it'd be really nice we'll have this amazing night together and i was like awesome because it had actually been so long since i'd been on a tinder date that wasn't just going around just going around to someone's house yeah. and sleeping with them and i thought this would actually be really nice i'd love to have dinner with someone and actually have a conversation and yeah and i remember rocking up at his house and the first thing he did when he opened the door was just go in to kiss me straight away and i was oh, like no. okay this is a lot like we've only just met but he was the way that he did it did was it. sort of in this like with this creepy confidence that oh, i was like oh just so arrogant so arrogant like this is what you're here for and oh. i remember saying oh, okay so like where are we gonna like where are we gonna go for dinner he's like oh we don't need to go out for dinner and i was like oh, oh. okay and then yeah. i realized straight away he was just being I was like come come sit down I went and sat down on the couch straight away was doing the same thing trying to kiss me touching me and i was like this is just a lot straight off yeah. the bat especially when i'd felt like it was something else yeah 
be such a letdown too to be like oh I was actually really excited about going on a date and being with a genuine guy who wanted yes. to actually take me out you can get so messed up by other situations where like you you know you might date somebody for a while who, who just will never tell anybody about you they'll never be yeah. anything on social media about you they'll never want to go out to dinner it's always a late night booty call never like never anything more than that and so then when you meet someone who actually just wants to take you out to dinner you're like oh my god breath of fresh air like someone with like substance and they substance. think that oh, i have substance yeah. yeah it's such a it would be such a deflating feeling to get there and have him just like treat you like that and just write it off yeah and like it was in that moment though that i felt really frustrated i feel like during that time for me i was really battling with i've always been a feminist and I've always been someone who stood up for myself and yeah. had a voice yeah and I don't know why but I feel like it was really during that period of online dating that I really started to question myself yeah and what I was doing I felt like maybe I was bringing that kind of person into, into my life, your life and that kind of behavior and I think in that moment I know now like I look back on that situation and as soon as that happens I would have been like fuck you I'm out see you later see you later I'm done and I remember, <laughs> I'm going to dinner on my own I'm going to take myself out <laughs> for dinner yeah exactly I'm going to go home and have a great time <laughs> all I remember thinking in my head I had this really fucked up logic where I was like well I guess now he's obviously thinking that this is just for sex I've obviously led him to believe that even though I knew that I didn't and so in my head my logic was the only way out of here is to, is have, to have sex first oh God. so I'm like just get it over and done with and then go and then just go and it was a shitty experience and it was horrible and I felt so crap oh mate but I should be thinking why was that my logic like why did I think that because he presumed yeah. that we were going to have sex yeah. and maybe, you know just saying hey to me and me responding with a hey on tinder meant guaranteed guaranteed <laughs> yeah that's what I mean it's like you so say hi fun. and it's like oh sweet she's in you know and it's like no like I'm a fucking person yeah. like I'm a human being with feelings like I'm not just a fucking object that you get to masturbate with fuck off it's honestly it's the most fucking degrading feeling when they just I've ha I had that with one guy I talked about on um, one of the last podcasts and just like walked straight and just kissed me straight away and it, it was that air of like arrogant confidence like, this is what we're doing this is what we're like, doing and i just kept saying no like no no and then he kept like you know we'd be chatting and then all of a sudden he'd just be on me again and i was like dude like i've said like no and then eventually like picked me up and like took me into my bedroom and i'm like i'm st it's still no yeah like it's still a hard no it's like, still a fucking hard no like i don't know why you keep trying to escalate it and then that was the one that i said about that when i um i got up and i was like no mate like this is not happening and as i walked away from him he like slapped me on my ass he slapped me on my ass so hard em that i felt like i felt the pain i felt the pain like in my body and i was like i turned around and i like fell backwards and I burst into tears. So then I was like, I said to him, like, you need to go now. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, I think I overstepped the mark. Oh, you think? Oh, <laughs> really? What? So it took you to that point where I have to burst into tears to get you to leave that you've realized you've overstepped the mark. And, you know, I can, I could have seen myself at that time. I had gone through a lot of that, that kind of thing where I'd gone to people's houses. I went to one guy's house and he, um, as I was leaving, he goes, oh, so is this where I pay you? Oh, it just makes me so fucking mad. And I was like, are you, like, was this where I pay you? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, you're the one who invited me to, to come over and watch a movie, whatever. Like, don't now try and slut shame me. It was so embarrassing. So I'd been through that kind of thing already by the time um, our slappy guy 
came around and um and but but yeah I still it was still that point of like how do I get rid of him like and I didn't cry because I wanted to get rid of him he actually hurt me <laughs> and I cried and then I was more humiliated if, if I hadn't have had those other experiences I probably would have just had sex with him just to get rid of him and that's so it's so fucked that we feel like that's the only option I know because there's just this sense of yeah like arrogance and entitlement that makes certain men feel like they have ownership and like no is up for negotiation that's the thing that really pisses me off it's like no is no and when did it all of a sudden become up for debate like like can i convince you otherwise yes like you know if i pick you up and take you into the bedroom maybe now you're gonna and i'm like no no still a no still no like the scary part is when guys get off on that too like there's heaps of guys out there that are used to well, maybe like, you know, the porn they watch or yeah. that they all of a sudden yeah. think that they're like, oh, okay, like, no, that just makes it more fun. Yeah. Like, now it's a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. And it's like, then it puts you in positions where, I don't know, I've been in positions before where I've changed my mind. And that's another, like, a whole other story about women feeling like they're not allowed to change their minds. Yeah. Like, once yeah. you've gone into a situation, whether that be going to a guy's house, taking your clothes off, getting into bed with him, that all of a sudden, you're committing you're signing a dog yeah, line yeah, and this is yeah, what's happening yeah, yeah. And it's like we actually we can change our minds yeah, and say no at, at any, any time. point yeah absolutely but I remember being in a situation where I did like I started to get really uncomfortable and I was like okay this this doesn't, doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right I don't want to do this anymore and I remember saying stop and it was like I could tell straight away that he was like this is now a game yeah like it was it was so creepy and fucked up how much me saying no no I'm done stop was like a turn on for him for it was him. almost like the fear like your fear he like thrived almost yes. on your fear of wanting out and, and changing I, your mind and i just knew in that moment like the as soon as i said stop he got more full on and i just remember in that moment thinking I just want out i want out but i know now the more i resist the more i say no the worse it's gonna be so it's like it's so shit but you should just be able it's so fucked up because you should just be able to say stop in what situation like i don't know like i feel like in any other situation when someone says i've changed my mind i don't want to order that burger anymore yeah exactly no 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 like are you sure it's like i don't want like i don't want pickles actually i've changed my mind i would like a pickle it's like it's a whole nother thing to change your mind with like those materialistic things whereas it comes to people like we are people 100%. we're people with feelings and you know if something feels uncomfortable to us and we say no it's because we feel uncomfortable don't make it like don't push harder into it sit with that person have some respect have some empathy 100%. to sit with them and go what okay what did i do did i do something like are you okay like is everything all right that's fine let's just watch a movie why can't we turn it into that instead of being like oh my god this girl's afraid of me now like this is a kink thing or whatever and make up their minds you know that that's what you're trying to do or that you saying no is actually you saying yes but you just you know like maybe she's just not sure maybe she doesn't really know what she wants whatever it is i don't really know i'd love to find out so if anyone wants to tell us um, that would be great I actually had a really nice experience with a guy and the first night that we met he came over and we just had such a nice night like I cooked dinner 
Um, and I, I didn't even drink much because um, I got shit faced the night before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had like I had one glass of wine, um, but we got on so well. We talked like for ages, and um, and then like yeah, we went into my room, and I was quite comfortable for him to stay over. Like I didn't feel uncomfortable around this guy whatsoever. But we started to like making out or whatever, and I was like, um, I really don't want to sleep with you tonight. And he was like, that's okay. He was like, that's cool. Like, um, he's like, but is it okay if I go and smoke a joint? Because otherwise I'm going to lay here with a heart on all night. And I was like, of course, that's fine. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so he went and smoked a joint, came back inside, cuddled me all night, just played with my hair, like, you know, just was so, like, caring and lovely and made me feel so safe. And then in the morning I got up, like, made us a cup of coffee and I was making the coffee and I thought, no, I want to have sex with him now. You know, and I was like, because I had taken that time and then I'd seen his response. If he'd been an absolute fucking toss about it, I'd been like, see you later, cunt, get out of my house. Yeah, it's it's amazing what that feeling of safety can create as opposed to that feeling of fear. Oh, 100%. And like you said, like it actually makes you feel like you want to be more intimate with someone. And how is that so few and far in between? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how can more guys not think that being like respectful and kind and... I remember when actually it was with Aaron because we started as like a um, one night stand on yeah, Tinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, he was lovely. And I remember we'd started seeing each other. We started seeing each other more and more. And we'd organized to hang out one weekend. No, one night after work. And I got my period that day. And I remember being like, oh, fuck, I better cancel. Yeah. And my best friend was like, why? And I was like, oh, because like I've got my period. Like I'm not, like I'm not, not going to go around. Like that's a bit awkward to yeah. go there and be like, and she was like, he wants to see, see you. you. He wants to see you. Like, if you're going to go around there and say, and I felt like I needed to announce it. Like, all day I, I was know. sitting on my phone with this message drafted being like, just a heads up. Like, I've just got my period, so if you don't want me to come over. And I was like, that is so fucked up. Isn't it I'd so like, messed up? Oh, like, my vagina's out of action tonight, therefore I've got nothing else to offer you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I know. I'm like, I know I have so much more to offer than that, but it was so fucked that in that moment I found That's myself That's all going, you felt like. And I was like, so many people, like you said, it conditioned me to feel that like way. That. Like all I had to offer was just sex, sex and a vagina and that was it. And I actually found myself going, well, I better cancel because there's nothing else. And she's like, in my head, I'm like, I could have a conversation with you. We could watch movies. Like there's so much more that we could do. There's so many other things. And even just like you, like I'm just looking at you and I'm like, you're so, I love you so much. You just, um, for anyone who doesn't know Em, like if you look her up, she's just so beautiful and you are like such a you're just interesting like i would just sit here and look at you and like we're conditioned to almost just think that we are just this tool that they get to then masturbate with which sounds it sounds awful but i want you guys to hear this because think about this when you're actually with a woman because that is a really awful thing like if you're just like gagging for a shag and then you just meet up with somebody and it's just like we can feel that we know we know the minute that it's done and you're just like cool checked out but i got what i needed it's the most horrible feeling to feel that withdrawal and especially when you've had that time of like talking and communicating and everything and then to just be like okay I've been reduced to a vagina and it just and it stops after that all that Nothing. interest that that person Nothing. had in you Gone. just goes and like I said you would have got like I'm assuming a shock like in that moment when you say actually I don't want to sleep with you tonight was there that moment where you even just had like where you held your breath for a minute like, I did yep he's gonna walk out I did. there like he's gonna pack his bags 100%. and go 
but even for me like I panicked like a few I think after the second time we'd hung out I kind of like went into like a panic because we were trying to organize like our next date and then it kind of got a bit like awkward because we couldn't plan it and then I was like oh man like now I think I've come across too pushy to like try and organize it and so yeah there's all that fear like it's just so much fear and it's not because I was like if I never see him again like I'll be okay like I've gone through worse (laughs) um but it was just like there's so much fear that you do take with you into the next thing like with you and Aaron like you look at you and Aaron now you're married when you look at that and you go oh my god I was going to cancel a date because I was on my period and I could have never seen him ever again and what what would have yeah what would have been accomplished from that it's just living in the fear of like he doesn't actually want to spend time with me he just wants to have sex and I'm just a just a body I don't know. It's like when, yeah, when I met Aaron, I felt like I just felt comfortable and safe with him. I was like, he's just a good guy. And I think, like you were saying, all those experiences that happen beforehand are really damaging. And I don't think we talk enough about, we talk about the big loves, which I think like I was divorced really young and I so get that. Mm. And we talk about those big loves and how devastating they are when those relationships end but we don't talk about the ones in between that are fucking like that are really just hit you rape our soul and you can't talk about like (laughs) and you can't when you're saying to someone like when you feel devastated and you're crying because something's ended with someone and then you talk about it out loud oh how long you've been seeing that person for and it's been four weeks or even just like a weekend and it's like we we've sort of look at it like oh well, that's not a very long time like how much of a connection could you have had but it's it's more the damage that those things do to you like you said yeah. when you feel hope like oh my yeah. god this could be yeah. something yeah and then you have sex with that mm. person and they like they fuck you off straight yeah. away yeah well like i remember that's people don't talk enough about those experiences yeah when you do and then you realize that you can relate to like yeah. a shared experience it just makes you want to like oh i get excited oh my god this thing happened to me and i've never been able to i've never felt comfortable enough to say it because i was embarrassed and i felt so embarrassed because how can I have got so attached to somebody after one day? Like, you know, and it's like, sometimes it is, it feels a bit shameful. Like we're like, what is so wrong with me that I'm like attached to this person and so upset because of one date, you know? And you know what, sometimes it's not just the one day, it's the lead up to the date and it's the expectation of the person and it's the, you know, the little things that maybe they even do on the date. Like the guy might just open the car door for you because he's a gentleman, but he's not that into you. Like doesn't see as much potential after one date. And that's okay too. But it's like, if you have been through this shit storm, like we were talking about, it's the, it's the little relationships that damage you so much along the way that a guy opening the door for you becomes like, you idealize the person because you've been treated so badly. Like, you've you had your head screwed up so much. By the time it gets to this guy who's opening a car door, you're like, holy shit, is he for real? Like, this is so nice. And then you start to almost fantasize somewhat about yeah. what your life could be like with somebody like that because you're like, I've had these absolute shit kickers and then now all of a sudden there's this gentleman in front of me and so you can get into that stage where you kind of yeah um you can let your imagination run wild i think and that's where sometimes i do think that we as women can do that if they're really not making you feel any kind of level of safety then stop that try and stop that idealization 100 percent. i think we like you said, it's like all of those those shitty experiences that are really damaging because they leave so much unsaid and unresolved 
for so oh, long. No closure. There's no closure. And then you do, like, you have all these really shitty experiences, and all of a sudden, someone just fucking rocks up to a date and they've showered. I and know. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you were a good one. I said this to somebody the other day about Tinder because I said, do you, do you feel like with Tinder, you end up almost like going out with guys that you wouldn't really normally go out with because. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I don't. I'm not. I don't even feel bad, guys. Your Tinder profiles are fucking terrible. So I would be like, oh no, 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 and see one guy who looked like <laughs> at least he had a job, <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh my god, he has a job. <laughs> okay. So then I would like match with that guy. You know, one guy I had on his bio that don't be offended if I don't reply to you. I'm very picky. Don't pretend you don't do it as well. I just like straight away, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, who do you think you are for one? And just setting you up for like, what to expect. From yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Don't even expect me to communicate no. with you. And if I grace you with a with hello, then you should know that I'm super picky. Fucking what the, like literally I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, and then you're making like girls think like, oh, okay. So if you do talk to me, then I like, I've obviously won you over somehow. And then what, if you stop communicating, then suddenly it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not good enough anymore. But then we go, we just bypass that red flag yep. and go talk to this guy. And it's like, wouldn't it be so great? And I feel like you and I have spoken about this and I actually, I spoke about it with Eliza last week as well, about just wishing so much sometimes that you could call out those red flags and almost have a hype woman with you yes. all the time. Because I yes. think sometimes like you, you feel like, oh my God, is it just me? Have I let this person on? Is it a red flag? Yes. And yes. how much when you like talk about it with your friend and yeah. they're like, no, that's fucking shit. Shit. Don't you just wish that I like there was someone that would just pop up like at a date when someone, when you say, oh, actually I don't feel comfortable anymore and that person sees it and then you wish in that moment for some reason you lose your voice. Just have a woman just like pop out of the closet and be like, fuck you. Yes. Yes. It's like we need to amplify each other's voices. I would love to just like have a visual on red flags. <laughs> You're like sitting there with somebody and it's like, bing. A red, red flag, flag number two. <laughs> red flag number three. Okay, see ya. <laughs> I know, I know. Would potentially like, because that person has potentially, you know, actually gone on dates with that Instagram bio. Yes. And it's sort of like, that's just then firming up his belief that he's like, yes. yeah, I'm top shit, I've got it. This yeah. is, I can tell women that I'm only going to speak to them if they're elite and like... I've been selected for the fucking Hunger Games. And we need to call it out more often and like sit in that uncomfortable yeah. conversation because yeah. I think that's why like when you when you sort of like boil it down it's like in those moments where you get in your car and you're like fuck I wish I had said that or I wish I could yeah. call that person out and it's like yeah. what are we scared of we're scared of making someone not like us not like us or potentially like re-look at maybe the way they behave mm -hmm. or what they say mm -hmm. but it's like that will never be comfortable. Calling someone out on their shit is never gonna feel good and it's never gonna feel no. comfortable. But it's so it's so fucking necessary. It and is. I think that's where we need to learn to I know I do now and it's taken so long to be like you need to sit in those uncomfortable yeah. conversations. Yeah. And when people do when they say sexist things or act in that way, it's like call people out. Yeah. Because if, I don't know, for me, I'm like, if I can call one person out on their shit comment they make or the way they behave and it mm, makes them second mm, guess mm. 
doing that to another person, mm. then the conversation was worth it. It was so worth You're it. You're not losing anything either. I think a lot of us were so the beliefs, like I'm the same, I hold on firmly to my beliefs because I've tried and tested them. Yeah. And I still feel the same way. You know your own truth and you, you know, know what you stand for. You just know. And I think when you reach that, like there's something so so powerful mm. when you feel super comfortable in your own skin and your own opinions mm. that you just you take up and i've said it sort of like just take up space take up space do so unapologetically yeah. and i think that is when like and it's so hard and it's not going to always feel natural and yeah. i feel like you yeah know, women are conditioned to feel like they need to take up less space and apologize for the space that they take up compared yeah. with other women for space yeah yeah all of those things but it's like the second you actually look at space as though we, we can all be big and we can yes. all take up as much yes. space as we need yes. to, yes. Absolutely, to absolutely not yeah that is so true i think sometimes because of how much we see on social media it's like we feel as though we are in this big competition with other women so then when a guy comes along it's like you almost feel that desperate need to attract them and to keep them and it's a lot harder now for a man to uh i feel this is my opinion um, but I do feel like it's a lot harder to hold a man's attention these days. We just put up with so much because we feel as though like there's going to be nothing better out there. We think it's what we deserve. Like I remember seeing and dating particular guys that treated me like shit, but I feel like I identified like during that period, I felt like shit. Mm. And so I think I was just attracting what I thought I was worth. Mm. And feeling like that was the way I was being treated must just be, I was taking that as gospel. Like, mm. oh, okay, I'm being treated this way. I must be asking to be treated that way. That must just be who I am. Mm. I don't deserve anything else. And when you sort of put your foot down and you're like, I deserve so much more than that. Mm. But I think women play such an important part in that because we all have our own insecurities and our own doubts. Mm. And I think women are just as capable of misogynistic behavior as men. And I think sometimes it's really hard, like you were saying, when you're, you know, when you're dating or you're seeing guys, mm. or maybe you're not being treated correctly. Mm. Women need to not only amplify each other's voices, but mm. stick up for one another. Mm. And I think if you see a friend being treated like shit, mm. as opposed to judging her, mm. as opposed to going, oh God, why would she put up with that mm. behavior? Mm. Like how stupid. Yeah. How about flipping it and being like, how could someone treat her like, like that? that? Yeah. You know, if you see a woman who's struggling to stick up for herself or have a voice, yeah. maybe she can't in yeah. that moment. Maybe yeah. you've got no idea what she's What's going, going on. through in her yeah. life that's taking her voice away. So speak for her. Like, yeah. I think we need to do more of that as women, yeah. as opposed to judging one yeah. another. Let's lift each other up. Yeah. If you see a friend being treated like shit, Call the guy out. Do you know what? <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that too, because I've not really like, I've not really thought about it in so much of a sense. I think about it a lot in the sense of like, the guy that I was seeing for most of this year, when we first slept together, so we talked, so we talked for a few months beforehand. Um, I met him at the end of January this year. I uh, went around to his house, he had a few mates around, we had a party, had a great night. Uh, ended up sleeping together and then we went outside to have a ciggy afterwards and um, straight away he said to me I'm not looking for a relationship so I was like oh okay and immediately even though I knew that I was like whoa like what have I just done then I was like oh yeah no like me neither like I'm not either I'm not looking for a relationship you know and I was like oh, that was that night 
And I spent so long going backwards and forwards with this guy and to the point where I was like blocking him nearly every second week because I was just like, I just need to get out. And I just didn't know how to. My friends had had a guts full. He'd never even met my friends. Half the time he said he was gonna come to things and then he flaked out at the last minute. Um, so I was like, even my opening party, like he was supposed to come and then he flaked out last minute. And I basically said, look, I can feel what you're doing. Like just, it's fine, you don't have to come because <clears throat> he was trying to find every other excuse to not be there like oh my friend's gonna come from melbourne oh we might be going camping oh blah, blah. and i was just like it's okay like it's fine and then he goes yeah and as soon as i said you don't have to come it's fine like he goes oh yeah i thought it would be a bit weird anyway what did he just say, say when i asked <laughs> you oh do you think that would be a bit weird or i would have just said look if that's how you feel like and you really don't want to come that's okay but yeah just always like went a roundabout way about it and it just was like such a mind fuck for me so it was like things like that all the time where it was like he was going to come and meet my friends and then he just ended up getting like drunk with his mates and um and I messaged him I was like are you coming and he's like oh sorry I got on the beers with the boys and I was like okay and even my friend at that time goes so you can't get an uber and I was like yeah exactly but like in my head I was like oh okay he's not coming and I was like cool and then I just said to him I'm like this feels so one-sided like and it was one-sided he didn't want a relationship but he was still seeing me because I was giving him the benefits of a relationship, but he didn't have to commit. Yeah, commit to anything. He didn't have to commit to anything. And so, and even that, it was always like, he would ask me to do things, but if I asked him to do something, he was always like, oh, maybe, maybe. And so it was like, he could fall back on the fact that he said maybe. So actually my brain that. was like, I was so, I felt tortured. Like I actually felt like my soul was being tortured. I was like, why are you doing this? And then I would, he would randomly like send me like a song that had like these really deep lyrics to it and knowing that I'm a song person, I'm a musical person and I'm a very lyrical person. I listen to all the lyrics. So I'm like, he sends me this song about maybe I need some help and like, I think you're the person who can help me, but I'm scared and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, so maybe we're getting somewhere here and like he sees the value in me and then like, yeah. So I went like on this roller coaster ride of, then I would like reply to the song and then I wouldn't hear from him for like three or four days. So I just be like, what the fuck? So I've obviously said, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I said the wrong thing. Like, ah, oh, maybe, like, and I would just go on this, like, hamster wheel, like, of just thoughts all the time of feeling like I wasn't worthy, feeling like I wasn't good enough. And I remember um, at one point, like, one of my friends, when I left their house to go and see him, and she said, you know, if you go and see him, that's fine. But if it goes to shit again, like don't come crying to us about it because when it did go to shit I didn't go and talk to her about it because I was afraid and I was like I don't want my friends to think that I'm just like an idiot and then I've gone back and how embarrassing humiliating and then the yeah like the sort of like last thing with him was he came back like came and like said to me you know I want to give things a go with us and then within five days ghosted me and now he's in a relationship with another girl and it's just like the, the whole thing the whole time like in my own heart I felt as though I just in some ways wanted like one of my friends to just message him and be like you are the biggest piece of shit in the world Stop you have got no idea what you've got in front of you right now this girl is amazing like because my friends tell me all the time and I'm like it's I've got to point where I'm like okay now I need to actually start believing that uh, but I was obviously in that very low energy but I just some part of me just kind of wish that even without knowing that maybe someone would just reach out and say you don't deserve her and if you don't start treating her right like you're, you're the one missing out like someone just say because I felt like a fucking nut job 
because some emotional manipulation and when you're in the thick of it I think that's where like giving people advice on relationships or situations is so hard because when you're looking from the outside yeah. you've got clarity yeah and you've got the full picture yeah when you're in it and you're living it and breathing it it's so hard, hard. to see it objectively no. you're just yeah you're in that moment and you know your friends can all look at that person and say what a piece of shit like he's clearly manipulating you but when you're in it when someone's manipulating you that's the purpose of manipulation, manipulation. to make you second guess, guess your yourself. actions your behavior your voice and so like that's the point he's succeeding in manipulating you yeah. you're second guessing so then for friends i guess yeah i guess it is tricky to look from the outside and be like oh my god like uh, you're not letting someone manipulating you they're just doing it i think, I think <laughs> it's yeah it's not so much letting someone manipulate you it's the fact that the manipulation has already been set yes so it's like from that first night with him straight away he was like i don't want a relationship but then still messaged me and wanted to see me the next week so then i was like oh, okay that's a bit confusing because he said he didn't want a relationship but he still wants me to come and hang out and then we sat and listened to music and he held my hand on the couch okay that's confusing you don't want a relationship but you want to sit and hold my hand on the couch and hang out with your sister okay strange mixed signals um and then you know everything after that it was like well why are we doing this if you don't want a relationship why am i still here why am i still seeing you every weekend and eventually i would say i said to him you know i think that i'm just going to end up feeling more and want something more from this and you don't and he said oh i just you know i can't give you what you need blah 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 but then again two weeks later it'd be like i'm seeing him again so it was like constantly fucked up in my head but it was from that like beginning yeah. because from that first moment and then he asked to see me again so I was like okay he wants to see me again so now I have to prove myself to him that maybe I am someone that he wants to have a relationship with you know and it, would it, it was really set in it's just set in from the start and I think that's where a lot of people maybe don't realize um, with manipulation that even though you're being manipulated like the initial phase of manipulations is kind of like that foundation is set really early on and no one would allow themselves to be manipulated like that's what i think is crazy because oh, you know, how could that person let themselves be manipulated like that you wouldn't let no one would knowingly no, let someone manipulate no. them they just do it do it and you're just yeah. then in it yeah and all of a sudden before all of a you sudden knee deep and don't know how to get out of it yeah but like you like it's almost like with those relationships, I feel like they're trickier because you know when you're in a relationship for a really long time yeah. and it falls apart, yeah. you've got so much history yes. and so much material to look at and yes. go, I can I can rattle off a million reasons why my past relationships haven't worked. Yeah. But in that moment, you sleep with someone and the first thing they say to you is, I don't want a relationship with you. You've got nothing to go off. You're mm -hmm. like, was, wait a second, is it just because we slept together you've decided you don't want a relationship? Was it something that I said? Did I like come across the wrong way? Mm -hmm. Did I like, you know, did I unknowingly do something? Yeah. You're left then like with trying this... to like pick it apart. Yeah. <laughs> with nothing that's... to go off. It's so true. It's so true. It was just, it was so bizarre. It was such a bizarre time for me. And like you say, you don't go into manipulation thinking that you are um, being manipulated. But you, before you know it, you are. You're just fucking so deep in it. And it's so much harder to get out. And then it's harder to get out too because then you've met their parents or you've met their friends and then you don't want to disappoint them and you don't want to come off as the crazy fucking chick that he's seeing. And I'm like, I know in my heart I'm not fucking psycho. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that. Like, you know me. Like, 
I'm actually just a normal person. And yet I was crying like every day I was stressed. I was, I got like the worst acne I probably had. I had a cough for like four months that I couldn't get rid of. Um, I lost like, you know, motivation. I didn't want to train. I hated my, I just felt like I was a piece of shit, um, that I was not good enough, that I just wasn't bringing anything good to the table. So anytime he did reach out to me, in my head, it was like, oh my God, it's my opportunity. This is my opportunity. I was so anxious. I would literally feel like crazy anxiety. And I'd be like, like my heart would be like, oh my God, he wants to see me. And I'd be like, this is my opportunity now to try and like rectify whatever I'd done wrong. And it's so, yeah, and it's fucked that we like don't question the person. I know, and I didn't. Why, Why entangle yourself in somebody else's life like that when you have no intention of being in their life. And yeah, that just, it was so, so confusing. And when you're being really clear as well and saying yeah. like, I feel like I'm gonna want more from this. Yeah. Like, that's the opportunity to be like, yep, we should, we should end things. Yeah. But it is, it's like this kind of, yeah, this fucked mind game that people play. Yeah. And it's so unfair because it does, it puts you, that second guessing in your head yeah. is relentless yeah. and so hard to overcome. Um, yeah. And it does, it sort of, it damages you into each relationship. You then take a bit of it. Every, yeah. And yeah. it takes so long, like the amount of times that even in my marriage now, I'll realize that things have come up from past dating experiences or relationships oh, yeah. that you're like, you still are living that trauma yeah, it's almost it like that experience it just it traumatizes you and then you end up kind of bringing a bit of that baggage in in yeah and realizing that you're feeling insecure about a certain thing because of the way someone else has made you yeah feel feel i felt traumatized i felt like my soul was being like literally pulled out of my body like i don't know it was the weirdest fucking thing like and i was just like and i couldn't explain it like so much to anybody but i was just so like pent up all the time and yeah like I made myself sick like I was like traumatized like I had a cough for four fucking months um I wasn't sleeping I had to go on to antidepressants I had to um go on to sleeping aid um like my whole life and I was like what the fuck like now I'm like medicating myself just to get through every day block the motherfucker out of your life and never talk to him again. And I would do that and then I would start to feel better and I'd be like, okay, but maybe then, and then I would second guess myself. So I would get to that point where I'd be like, but maybe it was my fault. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too anxious. <laughs> maybe yeah. I've got, you know, maybe it's this thing. Maybe it's that thing. Maybe it's my past and my trauma. Whether it was a lot, whether it was my own stuff, but it, I was so, it was so twisted and turned all the time that I, um, yeah, I did, I made myself unwell. And how fucked is it that then, yeah, when you have a good experience, it almost then takes away from the good experience. Because you're sitting there going, wait, is this, I didn't just have a guy like come all over me and then just chuck me a towel. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And like, you know what I mean? I know. It's like I was saying before about just someone rocking up and having like have been showered. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is a good guy. And it's like, that's actually ridiculous. That's our standard. That's our standard. But then when yeah. someone treats you the way that you deserve to be yeah. treated, yeah. like that should just be, yeah, an expectation. I know. Of every know. single experience that you have. Yeah. But instead, yeah, it's so few and far between. between. I said that to Mel too, um, even if this doesn't go anywhere. Like, I'm just grateful to have someone who wants to come over. 
I wants to cuddle me and I almost sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm suffocating because I'm like I'm so like not used to it and I'm just like what are you doing like this is so weird and um and then yeah like hooks for me and you know like leans over and kisses me over the kitchen bench and now it's like just it was really hard to like loosen up yep. and just actually like stay in that moment of even just kissing someone for longer than three seconds you know and letting your guard down letting again. my guard down it's so difficult yeah. Like, yeah, or automatically would have just because of those past experiences. Yeah. Is it like after after you've slept with that person, there's that thought running through your head of, oh, okay, so then communication stops now, yeah? Yeah. Like we'll probably yeah. never talk never again. Never talk again. Yeah. It's all those things that it's like, yeah. It takes you a good period of time before you can actually fully embrace it and enjoy it because yes. you're waiting for. I felt the same with Aaron. I was always waiting for the penny to drop. Yes. Like, it's yes. like things were going really good. And then I was like, mm, okay. I've got my period now. Here it comes. Like, he's going to yeah. be like, yeah, maybe you should stay home. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, there okay, it there is. Okay, there it is. Yeah, you are. You're almost waiting all the time for like, oh, yep, yeah, cool, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. I'm fine. It doesn't. You're like, oh shit! What? You still around? And you like, spent the first like few months of dating. You kind of like second guessing everything. Yeah. Thinking, like, is this actually going to go anywhere? Yeah. Isn't that sad, really, to think about that too? Because so let's talk about Aaron. So I mean, we we can we can just talk. <laughs> we can just talk until the frigging cows come home. Um, let's talk about Aaron um, because we're talking from experience here and I think a lot of people probably wouldn't realize that your experience um, you know hadn't been hadn't been a very great one before meeting Aaron um, you were married and how long were you married for I was married really young so I was engaged to an amazing guy um, my high school sweetheart and we were engaged at 18 married and divorced before I was 22 yeah okay and yeah. it was yeah it was one of those relationships that was yeah it was my first love he was exceptional um, and such an amazing person and I think I just knew I knew back then that something there was no reason for it not to be right mm -hmm. but I just kind of knew that life was going to pull us in different directions yeah and I just I had to trust my gut and yeah, ending ending that relationship was probably one of the hardest things I ever did. I felt like I kind of reached like my quota of happiness. Like I, yeah, I had all the things. Yeah, yeah. I was married to my high school sweetheart. We had this circle of friends that was amazing. He was awesome, like such a great guy. And I just knew that I wasn't meant to be in it anymore. It wasn't meant to be the end. Yeah, it yeah, was like, like your wing, your wings needed to kind of like spread a bit or yeah there was still more that i needed Something. to do yeah and i think it was tricky because at the time like he really wanted it to work and he would have supported me in doing he never stopped me from doing anything that mm. i needed to do but i just knew that our lives yeah were being pulled in different, in different directions, directions. and yeah. that i eventually he was the type of person who would have done anything for me mm. and i knew that if i needed to which i did move to melbourne move to Geelong, follow my career, do all those things. I knew he would have gone on that journey with mm -hmm. me. Yeah. But I also knew that that wasn't going to be his journey. His journey, yeah. It would be mine. And mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want that. To take away from what he could potentially. A hundred percent. There yeah. was so much potential there for, for him. But I think, yeah, at the time it just, I just became that person. I was the person that was in a really great relationship with a really great guy that broke his heart. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for I think a lot of our friends had fucked up 
our friendship circle and yeah. had and so I yeah that period of my life was really challenging because I think I just I felt like I'd fucked everything up and I didn't know for a really long time that I made the right decision yeah it probably wasn't until I was sort of living in Geelong and with Aaron that I sort of knew that yeah you had made the right made the right call yeah yeah our lives were just going in different when did you meet Aaron I met Aaron four years ago now okay yeah how old were you when you met I would have been oh god how old was I maybe 25 yeah okay so it took like a good like three years to kind of uh process what had happened after Matt and I divorced I ended up um my best friend who was a really really good friend and a best friend throughout my relationship with him we started seeing each other after I'd oh okay after right. mine so it had taken a while we were just friends for a really long time and then yeah. that friendship turned into dating and I think we were we were just friends that confused our friendship okay right for a relationship yeah okay we started to see each other and then eventually we got engaged mm. and things just started to implode like my mental health was probably the worst that it had ever been um, I had a miscarriage during that relationship. Oh. So a lot of things happened and I was sort of, it's almost like with mental illness, like I'd been kind of coping for a really long time. Yeah. And it was sort of like my cup was like pretty full. Yeah. And she was just yeah. about to overflow. Yeah, yeah. And then during that time with him, and just it was nothing when... that he did, but my life just yeah imploded and I went through this massive, I guess, like phase of like personal growth and and fucking a lot of shit up. When when Arj and I split, and he was the same, he was just this friggin' awesome guy, and I'm so sad mm. the way that, yeah, that went down and the yeah. way it ended. Because I always even tell Aaron now, I'm like, oh, you two would have been such yeah. good friends. It was just too much that happened. Too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. too much history. Yeah, too much hurt, yeah. And too much yeah. hurt. Yeah. But I look at my life during that period, and I just went into complete self-destruction yeah mm. I started like I knew that I was doing the wrong things I started taking drugs like I'd always sort of when I was younger I'd sort of taken drugs recreationally and it was mm. just for a bit of fun mm. and then it sort of started to become more yeah. than that yeah um and I was really relying yeah on it like I couldn't go for a night out yeah without without it I was yeah. like I just needed some kind of escape and numb yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to forget the things yeah and I think, yeah, I just, you know, I sort of stopped giving a crap. Like I just, yeah. yeah, I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about what I was putting in my body. I didn't care about the people I was dating or hurting or any, and I could see the people around me being like genuinely so worried. Yeah. But I just didn't, I don't know. It's kind of like that weird thought where you just think that maybe I was sort of going through that phase where I was like, well, maybe if I die tomorrow, who would give a shit? I totally get that. Um, I get it so much too because I think you you go through like a period of testing people too and I think you're like not only are you self-sabotaging like yourself but you're sabotaging your friendships and then you sabotage potentially like you know you might be the person sabotaging those relationships I still feel like even with mine I was like I, I often have to sit back and go did I sabotage it but then I'm like you know what if I went to someone and said this is how I'm feeling and like they then want to make me feel bad about that then that's not me sabotaging it like that's me just trying to say how I feel and someone not understanding 100%. but I was very um I was kind of just sabotaging my own mental health in some ways too where I wasn't standing up for myself like I was letting 
things happen, especially with guys where I was just letting them kind of treat me like shit. Um, I was settling for less. Uh, I was really, um, yeah, just in the, like in a shitty dark place. And even my like bestest friends, um, I was almost like the same kind of thing, like waiting for the penny to drop, like waiting for them to abandon me, like waiting for them to go, fuck, this is too much, can't deal with her anymore. And like, it was just a period of testing, I think. It was testing my friendships, it was losing other friendships and like disconnecting from other people, um, making new friends, like figuring out what I really wanted in my life and who was there like fully in support of that as well. Um, but then also going through the drinking junk thing too and yeah deciding that that's not what I want for myself either but it was definitely a numbing like I said to my friend I said I just I feel like I'm numbing myself and I don't want to numb myself anymore I want to feel my life and how how like yeah that moment where you felt like I actually want to feel I want to feel my life yeah like it was so weird because I was just like I was like I actually want to feel and experience every day like what is going on am I tired am I happy Mm -hmm. am I sad am I you know rather than just being numb and dead and sad all the time I was like I just don't think I can differentiate and if a joyful thing happened I'd like laugh for a second and then almost like stop myself because I'd be like don't get too happy too soon because it's just all gonna fall to shit in a minute anyway yeah yeah what a fucking crazy thing that we do and when you realize like yeah in that moment where you decide I want to feel things again it's almost like when you're in that dark spot you see the light and you know that it's there but it just seems like a really fucking long way away definitely and like it's going to take a lot of like a lot of effort to get, to get there. there and yeah. that's like that's the part that's really tricky because when you're in that dark spot yeah it feels uncomfortable and shit but it's almost i don't know like it's you addictive find, you find comfort in it I and did. you're like it's just easy just to be here yeah to feel like shit to assume that no one gives a crap about me is easier than to think that maybe people do actually genuinely care about yeah. me. Well, if people care about you, you have to actually rise to the occasion a little bit. Yes. If people see potential in you, then it's kind of like, oh, now I have to have potential. Stress. And then you're like, oh shit, I'd rather just like sit here and like wallow in my self-pity. I think you're so like that's so true. I, I actually said to one of my friends, I feel like I'm addicted to being sad. Like, I just feel like I'm crying every day. I feel like I don't know how to get out of it. And the days when I don't cry and I feel genuinely good, like I was starting to come out of that dark place and I would feel genuinely good. And it it was almost like my brain was like, find something to cry about. (laughs) You know, don't forget, you haven't cried today. And I would be like, okay, put a sad song on that reminded me of this guy. And then I would have a cry and I'd be like, okay, cool. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm addicted to this feeling of having to release my emotion or whatever and then I was like oh no okay I don't need to do that anymore like that was a period and now I can not have to do that every day but when that becomes your normal it becomes really scary when you don't because you don't know how to function outside without that that space I don't feel like that I don't know how to function normally now or how to behave normally this is just sort of what my life's become yeah and yeah your friends can see it like I've got an amazing friend who could see that in me and she yeah. knew that there was things that I was doing that were self-destructive yeah you know anyone with a mental illness knows that 
there's nothing more shit than taking drugs and coming down and how you feel on a Tuesday. Oh man, it's always a Tuesday. It's always the Tuesday. It's the Tuesday blues. <laughs> what is that? Like, like, no, this is like, and I remember it's like, I know, but I'd be like, no, this is just the way, this is who I am. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm fucked or I'm depressed or I'm yeah. anxious. Yeah. But you knew you that know. it was just, you know. it was that mental illness, but you yeah. weren't helping no. yourself with what you were doing either. No. Like, you were amplifying. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I mean, my friends and I have had this conversation because, you know, we're very open about this too, so I don't mind sharing about it. But um, obviously I had like a previous drug addiction when I was in the UK and then um, over this last sort of probably, probably the more so like the last six to eight months, probably with all the stuff that was going on, I started doing like more drugs and stuff. And then I was like almost like known as the girl who was like a fucking coke fiend as well. It was like, oh, you fiend. Like people would call me a fiend. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and I knew, I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm getting into back into these like bad habits and stuff. Um, and I was just like, and people would come to me and they'd be like, oh, hey, can you like get hold of anything? And I was like, oh my God, I'm just like fucking back where I was. And um, it was going to Mel's place one night. I went over to Mel's place one night and everyone had gone to bed and um we sat on the deck and she just said to me, she goes, I can see you just going back downhill. She's like, and I know I didn't even know you then, but she's like, I can just see it happening again. She's like, you're drinking every night. You, you know, doing drugs on the weekend. Like you're, you know, you, you, the come, you're not, it's not helping you because it's not, your antidepressants aren't going to be working. And, and, um, anyway, she sat with me on the deck there at her house and then she <laughs> took me to bed and she tucked me in a bed and she lay with me and we had to cry and, um, I told her, I said, I'm just, I'm so, like, I think abandonment, like, for me, it was such a big thing. Like, I was like, I'm so scared of losing people that I'd almost rather think that they're already gone mm-hmm. so that I don't have to deal with the pain of actually losing them. If you numb yourself enough, it then won't matter. Like, whether you feel joy yeah. or whether you feel disappointment or sadness, yeah. it all just feels the it same. It all just feels the same. Yeah, everything just felt the same and I like I bawled my eyes out to her that night and we had a cry we both cried <laughs> we're like just yeah and then anyway yeah I stopped drinking like the next day yeah I think a lot I don't know for a lot of people but that was that was definitely my thing was fear of losing people so I was just like well if I don't care then mm. I can't really lose anything can I and you do care you, you do just try care. to convince yourself that you don't like maybe I just don't give a shit about anything or anyone yeah. and you know that you do but yeah yeah it's almost like numbing yourself to what's going on like you said it's like this it's a fear of feeling any emotion so yeah. you numb yourself to all of it and everything yeah. just feels the same yeah but to the point where like even now if I go out and have and like if I go out and have drinks or I get drunk I was so used to that period of my life having to get completely obliterated like just needing to be right off just complete right off yeah blackout can't even remember what happened yeah yeah and I was so used to that period just needing to get myself into this like horrible state where I would wouldn't know what I was doing I'd embarrass myself I but then I'd wake up the next day and it was like as everything started to wear off I'd be like oh what the fuck did I do like what did I say Mm. who did I sleep Mm. with Mm. so that even now when I've gone out with friends in Geelong, or when we've had like gym parties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wake up the next morning and my body is so conditioned. You still have that. I have this like wave of like this kind of like sick feeling where I'm like, like, what did I do? What did I do? 
and then I need like I'll lay there and like the amount of times like where I've gone out and had a few drinks and I'll wake up in the morning like super super early it's like something just clicks and I yeah. wake up and I'm like oh, and I'll shit. look at Aaron he'll just be facing that way because he's rolled that way and you're like oh, what did I do what did I say I've, I've, said, said, I've said him he's, he's pissed, pissed off, off with me and then I'll do something stupid like wake him up at 4am after we've been out drinking and be like have you I upset you? need to talk to every person like i'll think about every single person i was with the night before yeah and then i will message like, message them, them. And check and it's just like a sense check yeah yeah and if i get while i don't get a message back yeah i silently convince yourself i'm like i freak myself out i'm like yep i've done something i've said something yeah and then the second i get the response back and i know that it's okay Fine. yeah like oh, i'm all good yeah and the amount of times i'll explain it to aaron he's like you just had a few drinks and you danced yeah. with your friends yeah like you didn't do Nothing. anything no kind of like did i like embarrass myself did yeah. i like say yeah. something inappropriate yeah yeah like, i always do it like um when i went out with Paige and mel one night and i got so fucking blind and then i like mel found me like curled up in the garden at Paige's house and i was so embarrassed i was pretty much spent like the whole night on the couch so drunk and she was like i looked the next day i was like i'm so sorry i was like oh how embarrassing and she's like don't be sorry it's fine like and i was like no and i just kept saying sorry and it was like i couldn't even accept the fact that she was like don't be sorry and i was like no, like that, that i just can't i need to just keep telling you that i'm sorry until i feel like okay I've, i'm good now you know like yeah. it was so weird like i was like yeah i know but like i am sorry and you know i'm sorry like just i'm just sorry 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 and then i was like i've, I've got to a point now i'm a lot better at not just saying sorry like i say sorry more when it's something that is um that i feel like i really should be sorry for i was the same i just write myself off and then like have to apologize to everybody the next day or like make sure that everyone was cool and yes or be like really scared to see people again because yeah. you're like yeah oh god like no. what have i what have i done or what have no. i said or have i and that's the thing like that we've said it's probably more of a, a trauma response from other times when you've done it whereas now the circle of friends that you have and the people that are around you it wouldn't fucking matter you could like you could almost you could mm. do near anything you'd be dancing on the fucking table and like no one would care like no one would you know have anything you would be the same person the next day and the yeah. next day and the next day you know like nothing changes it's so true you need but yeah you need that kind of that like reassurance. that reassurance that you're like okay i'm all good like, i'm all good yeah and like, so, yeah like apologize a million times and yeah. you see it in that person's eye and you're like yep i believe you okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, now we're good i can move on i can move on now yes i know it's like you just <laughs> like that that it's the same it's that way of like protecting yourself mm, just assuming that mm, people will mm. go away or yep. give up on you yeah give up on you yeah it's like you're just waiting i've waited for a really long time for aaron to give up on me i was like oh, oh waiting for the penny to drop or for something to happen and you do you make that person almost like convince you that it's all yeah, good it's all good yeah and that you're in it i felt like maybe when i like when i first started seeing Aaron it was more around I'd kind of lost myself for so long and I yeah. finally got myself to a good place yeah that I was just like so fiercely independent yeah that I was like no I've got myself out of the situation yeah. had yeah. a really bad experience mm. with drugs it scared me and I went I can't do that to myself anymore yeah I started it was probably like the worst come down I've ever had oh. I couldn't sleep it was just Bad. bad started bad. hearing voices it was horrible no. and i'm being so scared um 
that afterwards I was like, I can't do that to myself anymore. Got myself out of the shitty situation, kind of like got like my health and my life back. And then when I met Aaron and everything, that one night stand turned into something more. I was so scared that he was going to take it away from me. I was like, no, 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 I've worked so, I've worked so hard. And you don't want to drop again. You don't want to crash again. 100%. I was like, you can't, like, take, I'm like, I had my independence and I had who I was and I was like, I can't let you take that from me. But it was just so natural and organic and he's such a good person. person. Yeah. But it took me, yeah, a really, really long time. Like, I remember saying him to a point, and I still stand by this because I think this is just true to who I am anyway. I was like, I want you to know that I don't, I don't need you in my life and I don't want to ever need you. I want you. Mm. Like I was like, I want you here. Mm. And that means so much more to me. But it was sort of about then figuring out what that looked like. So knowing that I didn't need him, I wanted him. But then not mistaking that for there were situations where I'd go, you know, into battle for things by myself. He was like, I'm here. (laughs) Like we can do these things together. But I was sort of like, nope I want my own money I want my own yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, of, course, of course yeah like it's it is it's, it's hard because you have gone through that and then you're like no I and you and not just the independence the fiercely independent part but also like if it falls apart I don't want to need you I don't want to yes. fall apart again it's so traumatic because <laughs> just do people it. don't it's like so fucking traumatic I don't ever want to fucking go back there again like I don't yeah. ever want to feel like that rock bottom again because that sucked and it hurt and it was ugly and painful and you it's not something that you know how like you know everyone's like time heals everything no no that's still there no it's still there it's like no no it's still kicking in like that i'm like when i think about it i'm like i don't ever like as soon as i felt like myself just kind of like feel a little bit lighter i was like oh my god like i just don't ever want to fucking go back into that place again like it was so hard and it makes it even harder then to go back and put yourself out there like yeah when i started seeing her and i was on like a man band yeah one because i needed to go on one one because my best yeah yeah i'm not dealing with this shit anymore no. and i was <laughs> just like i want a man band. i don't need any man like yeah, i'm, like, I'm yeah. gonna freeze my eggs i'm gonna have babies <laughs> like, i'm all good and then i sort of fought it for so long i was like oh, i don't want this relationship like yeah. i'm so cool so fun being by myself and then it was sort of one of those things that kind of just like he found a way in yeah and it just felt comfortable and yeah. okay and i had to get used to being able to let him know like we're having a really bad week money wise and i just i you know rent had come out there was a shitload of bills i had a really really rough time and i remember thinking i'm like fuck i'm only gonna be able to put like 20 bucks in my car to get me through the week yeah and um aaron was like i'm gonna um I'll fill up your car and I'll pay for your fuel. And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. And he's like, but it doesn't matter. He's like, it's fine. Yeah. He's like, $20 isn't going to get you yeah. anywhere. Just let me do this yeah, for you. you. Yeah. And I was just like, no, no. Cause I'm like, I don't yeah. want you lording that over me or no, I don't want you. And he's like, I would never. But then I was like, but if you weren't here, I need to figure out a way yeah. to like fill up my car anyway. So like, I don't oh. want your help with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause I was so scared that I was like, Oh my god that's me letting go that, that was me like letting go of my like independence, independence. <laughs> in yeah. that moment yeah yeah so it took a really long time, time to like break that yeah shit down and be like no you can still be 
fiercely independent and and let someone and and actually let someone in and let someone be there for you yeah and so you met when you were 25 yes when did you get when did you get married last year last year yeah yeah and you've been married so it's been a year now isn't it yeah it was a year and you had your anniversary yeah a year and a half yeah and just amazing oh yeah he's just I just felt like with him, I just met, he's just like my best friend. I just, I love him so much. And we just, the way we talk, and I think, yeah, the first night that we met, we watched, we were like laying in bed and he's like, oh, what do you want to watch? And he was scrolling through and I was like, oh, Expendables is like my favorite movie. And I was like a massive, like corny action hero movie. Yeah. my jam. I love yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. Like, yeah. I the same. <laughs> action hero. Yeah. And like, I'm a sucker for a shark movie. Like I love anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anything shark related. And we oh just, my like, God. Bonded. You love my friend Kim. She loves shark movies. I'm just with shark, <laughs> shark movies. movies. Yeah. She is too. So like funny. one time she left us like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going home to watch shark movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought she was joking. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> actually serious yeah she loves it she just loves shark movies i don't know what it is yeah. about them but i'm like freaking obsessed love it. yeah yeah and then we bonded over that even to the point where one weekend this is i think this is after we were married we'd missed because i don't think the meg ever made it to <laughs> and it was like a shark movie with jason statham i was like oh my god my two worlds have like I've collided, just collided. <laughs> and then it never made it into the cinema and i was like what the fuck And I was like making, I think I was like making lunch in the kitchen and like, I always get like, Aaron was like scrolling through Netflix. He's like, oh, I'll check PlayStation store really quickly. Jumped on. And he was it like, was on there. M. And I was like, what? And he's like, the bag's available for rent. And I was like, what are you doing? You're like, no lunch. We're waiting on a table. We've got to watch the neck. And I loved it. Like I loved every single Oh, that is so but I think that but how sweet do you know why even that for me I'm like how sweet that like he knew you were looking and he just knew and it's like every time like okay if I'm going on I'll have a quick look and see if it's on there because I know that that's something that will make her happy and that's just what he's just little like. things you know it's little things like that that people just don't realise like make your whole world like it it's kind of scary sometimes like I think about yeah how much I care about him and how okay I want him to be mm. and that's almost scary when you feel such a like a responsibility for somebody else's yeah. happiness because you're like I just want that person to be okay and yeah yeah I sort of struggle with you know if there's like outside influences that are you know like affecting his life or making him unhappy I'm like oh, how can I like how can I fix how that can I fix it yeah and yeah. he was the same with me like he really struggled with like my mental health and my OCD and anxiety yeah. when we first met and he really wanted to fix me and he'll yeah. still say that he didn't but he absolutely yeah. did and I was yeah. like I can't be I was like medication can't even fix my but you just yeah you care about one another and I think we both came into this relationship with so much baggage mm. and we were so um we were so damaged that I think that's what made it work. Like, yeah, I kind of came into it feeling like I needed to like announce everything about my, like I was like, you yeah, know, I was divorced really young and then I was engaged again. And yeah, you know, I've had some pretty shitty dating experiences yeah. and there was a lot of things that I'd done in my past 
that I was like I need it felt like I needed to sort of like get it all on the table let him know so it's like there's nothing then that would come up that would then be yep. like oh you didn't why didn't you tell me about that it's like, like everything's out there yeah yeah I was like I felt like I just needed to yeah like get everything get everything out it'd be mm. so I think because because I was engaged so young and divorced so young it's almost like my 20 in my 20s <laughs> There's so much has been jammed in. Into a small space, yeah. So such a small base space with so much growth and so many mm. experiences that I couldn't even unpack at the time. So I think when, yeah, when I met him, it was kind of like everything stopped and I was like, oh, I felt like I needed to tell him all of the things. things. You probably hadn't have sat down and just even spoken about it to anyone yes. either. And I think because I've just kind of banked on myself. Like I'd, sort yeah. of, I'd reached that point in my life where I was like, oh, I'm just going to be... 100%. 100%. Like, I'm just going to be by myself, yep. alone. I don't want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with anyone. But I'd kind of – I'd never been ashamed of any of the decisions I've made because no, I think, no. you know, every point in our lives we do things that are right for us. Yeah. I always say, like, don't don't think that it's never going to happen to you. Yeah. Like, I always say that to people, like, don't think it's not going to happen to you because what happened to me – you may think like I made the wrong decisions or whatever you might think about how I choose to live my life, but don't ever think that it wouldn't happen to you. Like don't ever think that your perfect life won't fall apart one day or, you know, like I just think don't, just don't ever think it's not going to happen to you. Like, because shit happens to us that we're not expecting and you you can't judge somebody else's situation until you have walked that person's in that person's footsteps and yeah yeah and I think that's so key and when someone I don't know when they just embrace you for being who you are like Mm. I think my thing was always and in life so often I feel too big I feel too big for situations I feel too opinionated or too much Mm. and I'm sort of at a space now where I'm just like that is just me I am just, I'm big and I have things to say and I'm I'm really opinionated. I have an opinion on fucking everything. everything. Um, Loud, I swear, I I don't know about you, I swear. (laughs) But I'm like, I apologize. No, I don't want to. And I'm like, I don't, like, do you know what I love? I found this, like, um, YouTube thing and, like, the chick just fucking swears. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I love her because I'm like, she's so real. And then she always, like, makes a joke about people in the comments. She's like, leave a comment. You know, if you want to talk about how much I swear, that's fine. I don't care. Um, but please, like, leave a comment anyway. <laughs> she gets literally just, like, doesn't give a shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love that so much. And I think it's just about, yeah, taking up that space and not giving a shit. I think just doing mm. so unapologetically. And mm. I think that's where with Aaron, I feel so good with him yeah because he's just like he does he he celebrates that part yeah. of me yeah and i love that like i feel like i just get to be 100 percent who yeah. i am yeah. all the time yeah. yeah and the amount of times i'll get really really heated about like particular issues and one that always comes up is feminism like the amount mm-hmm. of times we'll talk about it or i'll just be you know guy on Facebook ages ago who wrote something ridiculous like domestic violence wasn't a gendered issue when I lost my shit and got into a massive thing with fight, her and then yeah. like and yeah. I was all riled up and like yeah. I was just like love it <laughs> <laughs> so angry. I'm like, I'm fucking pissed off I'm like this yeah. is a fucking issue yeah yeah but he's not only sitting there like listening 
he's like cheering me on. He's yeah. like, yes. And yes. I'm like, yes, that is what you need. Like that yes. person, that white person behind you being They like, should be your biggest fan. Mel always 100%. says that. Like your person should be your biggest fan. Like your best friend should be your biggest fan. Like yeah. it should be like, you are so in that person's corner. You have their back. Like there is no, like any, there's nothing that like comes in and affects that like you've got to be your person's hype person like, and why aren't you their biggest fan if you're not their biggest fan like why are you even there 100%. you should be you should be hyping them up and encouraging them and being in their corner for that kind of thing especially when you're so passionate about something that's something you are so passionate about i think a lot of people in society say oh you can't just use this is who i am as an excuse but that is just who i am like, it's who I am. And I've realized that because when I've tried to be someone else, I don't feel good. I don't yeah. like it. It doesn't suit me. It doesn't <laughs> suit me. It doesn't make me feel like I'm expressing my best self. Like, I am this person. Yeah, I'm emotional and I'm excitable and I talk a lot of shit and I swear and I have tattoos. That when I try and not do those things and be quiet and be small and take up less space, then that's when I actually get sad because I don't feel like I'm using my voice for anything worth telling. And you go to bed, like, you go to bed with yourself every night. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's like you, you've got to be happy with, yes, people will have opinions of you and yes, people will judge you. Yeah. But it's sort of like, like, I like to live my life, like, I go to bed with myself every night. Yeah. So I want to make sure when I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking about my day, was I yeah. true to who I am? Yeah. And I want to limit the amount of times I have arguments with myself in my car. Where you think, fuck, I wish I had have said that. Mm, or I wish I had called mm, that person out. Mm, or I wish I had have, mm. you know, been more like this or not felt like I needed to shrink in this situation. Yeah. I want to, I want to limit. Yeah. Because nothing feels worse. Like when you have that. Yeah. I would rather 10 people judge me for thinking, oh, fuck me. Like she's a lot. I'd rather have 10 people think yeah. that than for me to sit in my car when I'm going home that day yeah. thinking, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't do myself justice yeah. today. Amen to that. I didn't speak my truth or yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have a voice in that situation. Yeah. I should have, like, I yeah. would much rather have every single person in my life judge me than yeah. me judge myself. Yeah, <laughs> true. It's so true. But talk to me. So we've talked about, you know, obviously being married with Aaron, like everything is amazing. You guys had your difficulties, which have been fertility. Yes. So yeah. talk to me. How long have you been trying? Um, three, three years it will be yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, what, where are you guys at now? So we've started, um, we've started doing IUI with Monash IVF. Yep, okay. Um, so we had our first cycle two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and that first round was unsuccessful, so we're about to do another set one. ourselves up and go into another one. Okay. But yeah, it's sort of been probably, yeah, I'd say probably one of the most challenging things yeah. I've yeah. been through. Yeah, and really quite sad. Yeah, it's just sad and kind of... Um, it's one of those things that kind of like bleeds into into every area of your life and I think I'm so happy and I've got so much that I love and so much that brings me joy but it's kind of this like heavy heavy cloud that's that hanging around just hangs around yeah. all the time yeah and yeah puts pressure on um yeah puts pressure that's what I was thinking more like puts pressure on things especially for you probably because you're the female so 
what's happening yes what's wrong with me talk to me a bit about what are the, what are the steps obviously so you've gone through three years so you would have tried for a period of time before you then went and saw a doctor saw a gp about um your options um so we you so you try for 12 months yeah um so when i first went to my gp it was actually before we started trying and I don't know why, but I've just always had... So I had a miscarriage in a previous relationship mm. and my mum had infertility issues and okay. went through um, IVF for a really long time. Yeah. And I've always just kind of known that it wasn't going to be easy. Easy, yeah. And I've just always just felt just this gut feeling yeah. I've always had. Yeah. And when I went and first spoke to a GP, I said that I was we were going to start to try to have a family and yeah. I just wanted, you know, like a general checkup just to make sure everything was all good. So they do like a blood test and yep. just check all of your vitamin levels and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and I'd also sort of expressed that my periods were really irregular. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like the GP was just like, look, like irregular periods are quite common. Try for a year, like keep trying and then come back to us mm -hmm. if it's still nothing's happened. Mm -hmm. So we kind of tried for that first year and I think I sort of, we had, we were really hopeful, but I think in the back of my mind, I just knew something wasn't right. 100%, yeah. And I yeah. just kind of knew like every month it was sort of just like another disappointment. It's just a blow, isn't it? It's like yeah. a blow. Uh, I mean, I don't know because I haven't gone through that, but I know with friends who have gone through similar situations, um, that blow of the negative test every, yes. every time you know and just knowing what's coming what's coming yeah and yeah i think just the hope like you sort of you you restart each cycle i think for that first 12 months i kind of went into every month with like this sort of like newfound hope and i was yeah, like this could be this it could be it yep yep and then the 12 months mark started creeping on and i was like hmm like it's yeah. not like it's not going anywhere went back to the gp and then they sort of start doing um some sort of like initial testing. Yep. So you'll do like, an, they'll do a heap of blood tests. And before you can get a referral to see a specialist, they have to sort of like tick off a few boxes. Yep. So I had some blood tests done and an internal ultrasound. And then Aaron also had some tests done. Mm -hmm. um, he came back all good. And then when they did the internal ultrasound, they discovered that I had cysts on both my ovaries. Right, okay. So I was looking like PCOS. Yep, right. Um, and then from there, because we've been trying for that long, I got the referral to see a specialist in Geelong. Okay. Who's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Who um, did you see? Do you mind me asking? No, absolutely. I'm um, Sam Savari. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, yeah. Like he's just amazing. Incredible. I've actually heard really good things about him. Yeah. Anytime you talk to anyone in Geelong and they're like, who's your specialist? I'm like, oh, Sam Savari. They're like, oh, oh like, yeah. Everyone's heard of him oh, at some point, so which is lovely. Awesome. Yeah, well, I've heard about him um, with my friend. Yeah, so. Yeah, she's she's dealt with him as well. So, yeah, and she he's just said awesome. he's just so lovely, just such an amazing, um, yeah, amazing GP. Yeah, and he wants you to like he he, just he wants, wants you, to you to have a baby. Have a baby, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, sort of from there, we I went on the wait list to have um, a laparoscopy mm -hmm. to look for endometriosis, mm -hmm. and then I'd started on some. Um, some treatment at the very beginning where we did like Clomid, which was something that just induced ovulation. Ovulation, yeah, yeah. And then I had a, I had the laparoscopy in July this year, mm -hmm. and that's when they found um, endometriosis. And based on those symptoms combined with the cysts on my ovaries, I like it's looking like it was um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and endo. 
but they weren't able to get rid of all of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to a specialist imaging place in the city to do some more internal ultrasounds. So you had no symptoms of endo? Um, I had, so I've always had like horrendous periods. Okay. Um, and I think that's probably one of like the biggest, like the biggest things that I've learned about endo and what I would just encourage all like women to talk about before even looking at fertility or anything mm. like that mm. is just what we only know our own normal. Mm. So I thought for a really long time that like what I was experiencing was, normal. was just normal. Just normal, yeah. And I started alongside Sam seeing um, a natural fertility mm. doctor and looking into Chinese medicine and acupuncture mm. just mm. alongside. Um, and she actually asked me, she was like, can you describe to me like what your period feels like? And I was like, okay, like I'm like, I can't have dairy. So I was like, oh, I feel like the only way I can really describe it would be like if I drank, like as someone who's lactose intolerant and just, yeah, I drank like 10 liters of milk and my stomach is just turning, turning and twisting and stabbing. And she's like, so you need to take pain relief. And I was like, yeah, like I take like naprogesiac when I've got my period. And she's like, what happens when the naprogesiac wears off? And I have to take another one. Yeah. Um, she's like, can you go without it? I was like, I can, but it's like painful, really painful. Yeah. Like, how do you feel at the end of the day? And I'm like, you know, like most days, especially for those first three days, it's like a struggle. And the second I get home, I'm just like, it's exhausting. Over. Yeah. Like just in absolute, it's Agony. horrible. Yeah. And I was just sort of like relaying all that information, like, yeah, that's just that's normal. That's just and she's like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, like um, <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> oh shit. She's like, that's not normal. Not and normal. I was like, yeah. What do you mean? She's like, you should just a period should just be sort of like mildly, mildly discomforting. Yeah, like yeah. it should be a little bit uncomfortable. Like yeah. you could take pain relief if you felt like you really needed it but you shouldn't no need it it shouldn't be like oh period's coming i need to get me some yes, <laughs> doctors now. Yeah, like, yeah, like it should be oh i might need to take a panadol yes <laughs> at worst case it. scenario <laughs> like i might need a panadol uh, and maybe a heat pack you know but not this experience that you were going through and i think i just thought that was just normal i thought it was normal yeah and then like well no one tells you otherwise do they like no one says you don't really get told what a no what's a normal period like and we all joke about it like you're always sort of told oh yeah periods they suck and yeah, like you know like yeah so, and i was just sort of i never really said that much about it because i was like well i'm not unique like every yeah. single person goes through it yeah so. okay okay and then it was the same with um so we when they found the endometriosis mm -hmm. so like it's um stage four which is sort of when it's more advanced, advanced. the adhesions are a lot thicker yeah so chances are I've had it for, because oh. I can start at puberty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess like, because we were, we'd been trying for so long mm -hmm. and then that window, that two to three week window that you have to try, yeah. especially when you're experiencing fertility, you're sort of, you're having sex every like 24 to 48 hours. Oh my God. For that whole window. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a lot of pain, but mm, I was just sort still of Still like, having to do, yeah, still having to have sex. Cause I'm like, well, that's not an option. Like mm -hmm. I want to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just in pain cause we're having too much sex. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, when they discovered, when they discovered the endo and it kind of then, I don't know, it kind of just made me feel like I wasn't, when they told me, Aisha was saying, and I was still sort of pretty out of it because I'd only just woken up mm. and I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. And she was like, no, you're not crazy. Mm. 
And I was like, I just felt like I was going insane. I was like, what is wrong? Why can't I have a baby? Yeah. Why does my period hurt so much? Why does sex hurt so much? Did so it, sex was actually hurting a lot too because yes. of it. Yeah, because it kind of pulls, because oh, it's all scar tissue. And it creates like a blocking kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, because the lining of your uterus sheds. Yeah. And then it doesn't. So like you get your period and it like obviously leaves. Yeah. But then a lot of it when you've got endo um, just leaks into other areas. Oh. And then sort so of like adheres like like and like sticks itself. So it can oh, sort of attach itself and to like, like pull. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of ends up like sort of in that whole area ends oh, up attaching no. itself to like your bowel and your kidney and your uterus. So you can still ovaries. be really, you can still experience a lot of pain post period. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then because those, that scar tissue builds up and gets thicker, it's almost like when you have a scar, so then when you're having sex and something sort of like, like if you're like moving and pulling in that area, pulling it's that like area. pulling it's like the pulling scar that. tissue. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be certain positions. And it would be super horrible. sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. Sort of, and that's where I guess like IUI kind of came in because mm. post-surgery, we couldn't do it anymore. Mm. Like I was just in way pain. too much pain. Yeah. And oh, it was, thing. it was just shitty and horrible. Yeah, just yuck. Like, yeah. I was trying to act like I was okay because well, there's nothing worse than already having to have sex that often. And yeah. also, like, it was really tough on Aaron. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't want to do it, but he yeah. knew that's what we had to do. Yeah. Like, it loses its meaning almost. It yeah. lost everything. And yeah. I think when we, when we spoke to, when Sam gave me the referral and we started talking to Monash IVF and they started going through, like, we'll do three cycles of IUI before we'll move on to the next thing. But they kind of take a lot of that away for they do counseling sessions with you and that's nice yeah like yeah just set you up for yeah so they actually spend some time like kind of giving you like yeah a bit of um support yes with it yeah, yeah. and like preparing you for what's to come like for what you're about to put your body through and yeah, then okay. for the disappointment afterwards potentially yeah. and i think it just sort of took a bit of a weight off both of us yeah yeah but then it's sort of been another journey going into that in itself yeah you're kind of yeah. then putting your faith in other people and then everything is given to you so it should work and then when it doesn't, doesn't it's kind of like a whole just other another level. yeah it's just like another slap in the face yeah. yeah yeah is that what you're feeling like a bit at the moment yeah i felt really um really disheartened yeah yesterday i think i just let myself i kind of like going into it i was like I'm being like cautiously optimistic and that's what I would say out loud like I'm like I'm being cautiously like cautiously optimistic like I'm not putting all my hopes on it but, but really you really you are. you are you're just saying that out loud you're just saying it because you don't want to seem like you can't handle the outcome or like you don't want to yeah. be weak or you you know really inside it's like come on like, yes you know like everything in me is like cheering on for this you know thing, thing to happen and for it to work yeah and you say it out loud because maybe you think that it'll make you i would say it out loud because i'm like maybe that will make me you feel okay about it yeah but the truth is yeah you do you get really you feel really optimistic and you feel really hopeful and i really felt like this was this was it yeah and i think it's just so this is the first round of yeah. iui yeah. yeah okay so you've got two more rounds two more rounds to two go. more rounds to go okay yeah so when do you start that? So I'll start, so my, um, so I had the blood test on Monday, which came back negative, but because of the hormone replacement therapy, it delays your period. Because okay, right. the medication I'm on 
makes me not get it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll wait for my next period, which will I stop taking that medication on Monday when I got the negative result. Yeah. So then I should get it later this week. Um, and then you start again. Start again. Yeah. So then you call them on day one. Day five, I start taking Clomid till day nine. Mm-hmm. Then I have my tubes flushed, which is a beautiful experience. <laughs> uh, that's a keyhole thing, isn't it? Or do they do a different... They do like a... Um, it's like a catheter okay that goes inside and mm-hmm. then they put like a solution through through the tubes oh it's a it's gross not horrible not fun thing yeah yeah so i'll do that um and then you go in for an internal ultrasound they check to see that you've got at least two follicles then a couple of days after that two trigger injections that i'll do at home then 36 hours after that you go in aaron will go in They'll um, take your semen. They do this like this washing thing with it, where they make sure it's like just the best yeah. <laughs> that's going in. Then I'll go in an hour later, and then it's all just like they put like a catheter in, in and then put the sperm in. Yeah, straight into your cervix. So holy that shit! And then you just kind of like yeah. Then it's the two week wait. Yeah, <laughs> the shitty two week wait. <laughs> wait. Oh my god, M, that's incredible. It's just a um. Yeah, it's like... It's a process. It's a process. Mm. And I think it's just that when you're in it, you're doing, like, I'll continue to do, like, whatever I need to do. It's just that bit in the interim. I think it's just, like, that getting your hopes up. Yeah. Feeling really disappointed. And then knowing that you've got, like, doesn't even feel like a minute to compose yourself. And then you've got to go through it all again. Yep. Yeah. Like, well, I can't keep... Because you can't go into it feeling... The way I felt yesterday and how miserable I felt yesterday. I cried, I screamed into a pillow. I was so like frustrated. Frustrated. Yeah. And just angry. Like I yeah. was really fucking pissed off yesterday. And yeah. I just I was at home alone. Aaron works till late. And I was just hadn't felt that emotional just in a really pissed. long time. Just pissed. Just pissed, yeah. And I was just, yeah. Like what like yeah, I I, I can understand that too. And especially with you guys, because you just know too that you're going to be such good parents and then to have that disappointment as well and it just be like why us like why do we have to you know and then you go through the whole like it's that whole bartering thing again isn't yeah. it and the grieving so every time you go through it you then have to grieve the fact that it hasn't happened and then you just got to jump back straight back on the bandwagon yeah. and then get then your hopes go up again because you're like okay well, maybe it's going to be this time and then it's grieving again it's just like a constant up and down and preparing yourself like for the work that is a huge that's huge yeah it's like you can't go into it i think that's like the biggest like misconception because i think a lot of people and everyone means really well but like most of the time the advice you get given is around like optimism and like feeling hopeful but it's like i don't need help with that because i (laughs) (laughs) i don't need help Yesterday was just like I fucking hate everything. Yeah, this sucks. done. I don't want. I'm done. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's but then yeah. I'm like, if I go into this next phase yeah. feeling like that, I couldn't. Like because you just no. you couldn't set yourself up for the appointments. Yeah, so though. like no, exactly. Like you'd just be so low. Like feeling so. To like brush yourself off. Brush and go yourself into off. It, thinking, try yes, again. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, um, I, I, not me, I feel like, I can't say I feel like because I don't 
no, I haven't had to do it. I was listening to a podcast and this chick was talking about like when she got pregnant. It's actually a really good one. I don't know if you, um, I'll recommend it. Um, so it's the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. Uh, they had a chick on there who, yeah, like she, they were trying for ages. And um, she was like, people tell you like, just don't think about it. <laughs> like, just, you know, it's going to happen when you're least thinking about it. Like, and you're like, then you find out you've got like, endo (laughs) you've got polycystic ovaries you've got endometriosis and then it's like yeah because like if i just had like not thought about it it would totally have happened of course like and so anyway you do you have to think about it but she said that the time that she actually the month or when she was like thinking about it the most but she was saying like she would wear like um like semen retention underwear (laughs) and she was like i was thinking about it so much like she was like it was the month when i was thinking about it the most where i was like she was like i was doing all the things and she's like that was when we became pregnant so i think as well like people say like they mean well i suppose in a lot of what they say but it's like that same thing of like well just don't think about it you know when you're least expecting it'll happen but also you haven't been there for every knock as yes. well like you can only really feel knocked down that many times before you're like okay i'm done i'm now. so hopeful like and you yeah. have to be hopeful with like you know a, a decent amount of like reality as yes. well i think yes what probably is hard is i feel like and i feel like a lot of women you kind of always told like that's just what we do we just we yeah. grow up and we have babies yeah. and yeah. you know we don't look at fertility like it's something that we might not, not be, be able to blessed do. with. <laughs> yeah. So then I think when all of a sudden, like, you know, you're faced with infertility and the fact that, like, something I've had to, like, come to terms with is that I'm like, I will try until yeah, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. yeah. Continue to try. Aaron and I, even before um, having any infertility issues, have always looked into, like, adoption. Yeah foster care and all those sorts of things Mm. and we'll do whatever it takes to be parents Mm. but there's also that part of me that has to come to terms with the fact that I may not ever be able to have a baby Mm. and I think that's the part that a lot of other people really struggle with yeah because if I say that you say that out loud you and it's a normal response the first thing that people want to say to you is no no you will like I can it's see gonna, it. happen. It's gonna happen I can just tell I can look I can see it in your eyes <laughs> exactly and you're like, yeah it's so beautiful because it's it's meant in the most beautiful way because they just don't want to know that that's not possible for somebody like that it's the case for so many women and i sort of think of them because i'm like Mm. you become like the cautionary tale like when people talk about like you know maybe if they had babies really easily not that anyone's doing easy but they fell pregnant quite quickly they'll be like oh you know and i'm so grateful because i know that like a lot of women really struggle yes yes and you're the woman that's yes really str- you're the yes. example of yes. what people don't want <laughs> to have in their life yeah and yeah. i think like and that's you become a, a statistic in a sense yeah, yeah. like yeah. you're the example of like i'm so grateful because because yeah so and so is going be. through such a hard time and then i think we say to women all the time like you know it will happen for you and it will like it'll be okay and i think all those things that meant really well but there's so many women out there who never fall pregnant yeah and who never have babies yeah and if we only tell that story if we yeah. only say no like women have been having babies forever it's what we're meant to do it will happen 
what about the women who don't? How about, see, this is, this <laughs> is where, and like, even my mind, like, when you talked about the endo and stuff, because um, a friend of mine had a, um, she had that laparoscopy. Yes. Yeah, so she had that and found um, mild adhesions. And I said, with no symptoms, I was like, with no symptoms, she was like, no, never had, never had a, a symptom to say that she could have endo at all. And she had then also her tubes were blocked. So they had to try and flush her tubes 15 times and there was still blockage because of like the, I guess the buildup. She had no idea. So she had no yeah. idea. And I'm just like, seems to just be like a thing that I'm hearing more and more now is that women just have no idea that this stuff is going on. We just kind of like go and go and go and go. And then we do, we just expect, oh, I'm gonna try and have a baby and it's just gonna happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, why is it not happening? Like, I'm so uneducated in this area. And I think like, you know, as much as we encourage getting like smear tests, we should be encouraging like actually getting, like uh, getting the rest of ourselves checked, you know, like making sure that everything's working properly. And if we do yes. have any scarring and if we've got some scarring, at least get on top of it now so it doesn't build up. And I don't know why we don't have those options or why that's not talked about more. Yeah, it's like one of those weird things that, yeah, I've always felt the same, like even when it's sort of like at the beginning, like just try for 12 months. And it's like, but if you feel like something's not right, right and yeah. you're, or even if you don't, if you just want the peace of mind, yeah, yeah, there should be more available or more options to be able to seek that kind of support mm. and answers. Mm. Because a lot of the time you are told, you know, like, yeah, like don't think about it, don't yeah. stress it will happen. Yeah. But for a lot of women, the thing that they're thinking about with every month that passes and something doesn't happen, you're thinking, oh my God, fuck. It's another month. What if I'm infertile? What if I can't have kids? Yeah. And then for a lot of women, they eventually will fall pregnant. And that worry could have easily been dealt with by just knowing everything was all good. True. And I think, yeah. It's like, just added stress that's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So much added stress. And I think, you know, I understand that we can't test for everything all yeah. the time up yeah. front. But I think we do need to have more open and honest conversations around like, what periods feel like what it sh should what you should be yes. experiencing and yeah like um yeah and like you said that endo doesn't always like there's so many different doesn't always present with like the same symptoms, symptoms. some people have really advanced endometriosis and no symptoms yeah. some people have um mild mild endometriosis and severe symptoms yeah. or vice yeah. versa yeah so it's kind of like yeah it's one of those things that it sort should of be brought more more attention should be brought to it absolutely yeah i and think so. in yeah in general. general yeah absolutely yeah i'm so thankful that you have been brave enough to talk about that because i know that it's not easy and i know that it has been challenging time for you guys i'm so thankful that you do have each other like i just love you guys so much like the fact that you're like you've already talked about the potential of adoption or you know foster care or whatever may happen because you want you want to be parents like you just want to be parents and and i think that it's such a it's just such a beautiful thing that two people just want to raise a child together like i and I just think it's so nice when you do find two people who are just genuinely in love and just want to be parents. And it's sad and it, it breaks my heart that um, it's been tough for you, but you know, as optimistic as I can be without being too pessimistic, I really do hope that it all does work out. Thank you. I really do. But also if it doesn't, I think that your journey and what you can do to raise awareness to this and the person that you are and the voice that you can bring to this platform, like let's not think about it not, but yes. Um, whatever happens from here on, I feel like you have got 
you have got such an opportunity to be able to bring light and awareness to a lot of this stuff too and I can't see that you won't <laughs> yeah and I feel, I just think it's so important because you know like the, like you say there's so many people out there just don't know um the knowledge just isn't available like that um with these kinds of things and you know young girls aren't necessarily thinking about what it's going to be like when they're trying for kids uh, I don't know I think just like telling all of the stories so that I think, oh, I can't even remember what the name of the show is. There's a show on Netflix and it's, I mean, on Stan and it's bloody incredible because they, they talk about, um, it's about a girl's experience with all her relationships and there's shit ones and she's divorced. And yeah, great yeah, ones and, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, seeing that, I was like, oh my God, like talking about real life yeah. experiences. Yeah. And I just think the same with, because for every shitty experience there's a great experience mm. and i think but the issue is that we only tend to talk about the great the great ones yeah and when we do talk about the shitty ones we try to say to like you know the amount of times we'll say to women you know like it's really common to experience infertility it's really common to experience miscarriage but the issue is that no one talks about it so yes it's this really common experience like one in four women will experience miscarriage but we all do it silently Mm. and all of us because we're told you don't talk about pregnancy until you're 12 weeks pregnant what happens to everyone who falls before that before that is not told anybody that they were pregnant yeah that don't get to make it to 12 weeks i don't even think about because you you haven't told anyone you're pregnant so you just then you lose it and then you haven't no one even knows now you gotta tell people that you were and you've lost it at the same time at the same time the same with women oh, who are like that's, struggling no, to fall that's horrible. I've never even thought about it like that. That's awful. And that's why I just think talk yeah, about like, and it's talk all for about everyone. It. No, it's not. But just, you don't know who will hear it and just, like, how much it will help somebody as well, you know? Like, I just think the more awareness can be raised to it, the better. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it makes people feel like in their situation a little bit. Like, I know when I've read things where people have been like, this was our experience. I'm so jealous of everyone yeah. who's pregnant in my life, or I'm so. Oh, you'd just be seeing pregnant women everywhere, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> like, you're so happy for people, but you're so yeah. jealous at the same yeah. time. And yeah. then, you know, like those feelings. Yeah, like you know, yesterday it was it was sadness, but it was a lot of like fucking insane, like anger. I was feeling fucking angry, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just want, I don't know, like I guess the reason, like I write my blog, it's like mm. cathartic, but it's also just because. It's the things that I wish that I'd read that just mm. made me feel a little bit less, mm. would make me feel a little bit less alone or a little yeah. bit less yeah. crazy. I'm yeah. like, I feel yeah. like we need to just talk more about all of the things. All of the things. I agree. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why I'm doing this. And I think, you know, like it's raised so much light to things for me um, because I haven't had a chance to really like catch up with you about, about it. But um, even for me, I'm just understanding like, you know, how much you're going through and like how stressful that is too like man I, like it's a whole it's a whole nother ball game it's a whole nother ball game um of, the, of a way of doing life and yet yeah, might only be temporary but it's still what's happening right now and and someone just says you know just be hopeful it's like <laughs> cool <laughs> <You're sorry>. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah great like poor aaron's gonna go and like you know using a cup like every yes. friggin' month like it's just like that's it's no way to live like and it's uncomfortable to say that but you know what get fucking uncomfortable like it's get on board the uncomfortable train because 
like I say, you just never know. It could happen to you and you'll be in that situation. And you know what? You might have heard this podcast and then you know that, you know, this is not something that you're alone in as well. So, um, every like every piece of advice i've ever received or any comment i've ever received i've never been offended i've no. always known that it comes from yeah a really good place yeah but, yeah yeah i think it's sort of yeah like you said just sort of about sometimes thinking about that person's situation and yeah. sort of know that like hope and optimism isn't an issue because you couldn't try to have a baby for you wouldn't be if you weren't hopeful <laughs> you'd yeah. given up by now yes. like you'd just be like cool like when you simplify it, if someone came to you and you said, oh, how you been going? And they're like, oh, I've got a really bad flu. And I just feel like shit. You wouldn't say to that person, have you tried not thinking about it? Or like, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people experience the flu every year. Like it's really common. It's really common. You just be like, yeah, well, I've got the flu and it fucking And up. I feel like shit. Like, like shit. Like you wouldn't tell like, someone, you wouldn't give them a stat of no. how many people experience the flu on average every year or no. the fact that you know like oh maybe if you just like distracted yourself and didn't think about the flu and try yeah. to have a bit of fun like yeah. listen up just maybe chill out good. like you know, it's always <laughs> like, respond to like I don't know your mate that's experiencing fertility maybe think about the way you talk to someone if they had the flu, flu. and it was completely different yeah. but you say to that yeah. person oh that's fucking shit the flu sucks like yeah. you must yeah. feel like crap yeah. go home watch yeah. Netflix yeah. eat some ice cream yeah so when your friend says to you that they're, you know, going through a shitty time with infertility, they can't fall pregnant, don't feel like you need to say to that person, like, it's going to happen for you. Like, you're all good. Maybe that what that person actually needs to hear is, fuck, that must suck. Yeah. Because you don't often want to allow yourself to feel like that. No. And just having someone take a bit of that weight off and go, that must be really yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. Actually might be the thing that that person needs, needs yeah. to hear more, more than, just don't just think be about hope- it. Or just be just. <laughs> Stay hopeful. Yes, yeah, like, hopeful. Or I've got a good fun. feeling. Yeah. Like if someone yeah. said I've got the flu, when I've got a really good feeling, you're gonna get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I think like as I, I'm like, ah, I said this to someone, um, but I what it was like because um, the it seems like they get there. So they had a uh, what's it called when they have like a faint line? Oh yes, when it's like the. The faint positive, yes, yeah. Yep. So like a, a phantom positive or something, or like something like that. Is that what it's called? I'm not sure. Maybe when it's just like yeah, when it's really faint, so it's not quite. So it's like yeah, so sure. it's like on a positive line, but it's a faint one, so you can't say yes or no. And so I was like, I was like, maybe you, I was like, maybe that means you're getting closer, you know. So for me, I was like, <laughs> that's yeah, that's cool. So I was like, oh, maybe that means like, because I'm it's like the same. Like, talk about the analogy of the guy. Like, I'm like, well, you know, if it was negative, and then it's like a little bit less negative, and now it's a bit more positive. <laughs> like, you're moving in the right direction. It's definitely gonna happen soon. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, that's a that's a good sign, isn't it? Like, and um, there were a few other things I wanted to talk to you about, but we have gone quite late. It's nearly ten o'clock at night. What's a common misconception that people think about you that isn't true? Ooh, probably that. Um, one probably that I'm really confident and sure of myself which I am but I also have a lot of self-doubt yeah and also that I think probably the biggest misconception is that I'm always happy and that's really easy for me yeah that it's just like that's just 
who I am and I'm just really naturally to just be happy to be happy and to be optimistic and because that is a part of I've sort of been in really really dark spots yeah and I every single day I wake up and have to make a really conscious effort to be who I am and to approach life the way I do and it's not not one bit of it is easy no and I choose it I think that's brings it doesn't come Oh, yeah, I, I have to choose that path yeah, yeah. and that attitude because, yeah. yeah, I guess it is really um, something that I battle with not slipping back yes. into yes. that yes. spot. Mm. Yeah, I I feel you. Like, I t- say to people all the time, I'm like, I can be an asshole. Like, I will, like, I'll cut you. <laughs> I'm like, but I wake up every day and I make a choice not to cut people. <laughs> I make a choice. <laughs> I make a conscious, a conscious effort not to want to hurt anyone. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not like I'm really I'm not a violent person, but but I do. I, I make a conscious effort not to get annoyed or get to uh, like get too caught up too much in stuff or get tied into gossip or get you know like I, I make the choices in my life that are going to lead me to the happiest destination because if I get caught up in gossip then I feel bad then my energy goes down and I, oh no I shouldn't have said anything oh, la, 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 oh and then my whole day gets kind of like thrown sideways because of shit like that so I just try to avoid the things that I know don't really bring me the best energy and don't bring out the best self in me um, and it's same, it takes a lot for me to be like that. I'm not just like, I don't just wake up like fucking sunshine and rainbows. Yes. Um, I wake up sometimes like feeling like shit. And then I'm like, okay, no, like what am I going to do to make myself feel better? Like get up, make some breakfast, have a shower, have a coffee, like, you know, and just start the process and just start the process like day one day and I say or one day at a time absolutely one day at a time but it's like I really get that I feel you like it's not just something that comes overly naturally and I think that I know the people too who bring out the best in me too so I'll make an effort to spend most of my time with those people fill your cup the people that fill my cup and especially because of the like the work that we do too when you're dealing with people all of the time you don't get a choice so when it does come down to your own personal time you just want to be with the people that you can be your 100% authentic self with and that they see that side and they see that yeah and sometimes that's where they you know they're not always going to get the happy one because happy person because they're going to see where you can actually really let that guard down too and allow yourself to feel all the emotions of having to try and be a happy person everyone thinking that it's just this thing that you're just, that's just who you are I and like, you just feel like that all the time. I think when you're a person, yeah, you, know, you know what you're capable of and it's almost yeah. like you hold yourself but the people around you also hold you to this really high standard. standard. Yeah. Like, and I feel like we're very similar in the sense that we're both really bubbly and yeah. outgoing and energetic. So when we're having a flat day yeah. or not feeling the best, that flat is probably on par with some people's like excitement. Yeah. Used to you being like up here, you just have like a normal day where you're just like relatively like subdued. Subdued. Yeah, just a bit more subdued. Yeah. And everyone's like, "What the fuck uh, is wrong?" Yeah. With her? Like yeah. she is flat or she is sassy or like what? And I'm like, 
I'm like a quarter of the sassy of what like most people yeah. are. Or like, like, I didn't feel like I was that like sad. I just was like, feeling a bit flat. But it's yeah. almost like when you are like this all the time, people yes. expect you to expect you to live up to that up all there. the time. I agree with that. I think yeah, I've I've actually said this to like. It's so funny. Like, I, I think we were so similar because I, I just talk now. Like, I just talk about stuff because I'm like, I don't want to ever just bottle it up. I just talk about things as they come up in my life. Yep. Um, and one of them was, I was saying, like, I'm, you know, I was like, am I like ADHD? Like, maybe I'm a bit ADHD. Maybe, like, I've got, like, um, like high attention disorder, like a, a kind of, like, attention disorder of some kind because, like, I'm often just, like, like bulldozing here, there, and everywhere, you know? And, um, and yeah, I was just talking about, like, the energy that I have and then sometimes it's like I feel so much more energetic so then I like do all these things then I crash then I have to recharge then I've like got the energy again but like it's it's not always the same and sometimes sometimes it's like I yeah I get this like burst of like yeah cool do all the things and then because I do all the things then I fucking hit the ground because I've used yeah. all my energy <laughs> like getting excited about all these things and then I crash and burn um, and then it's like when you're in that moment of like crash and burn, people yeah. are still like, come on, be up here again. Yeah. And, you're like, no, and I'm just like, no like way. <laughs> but I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone who, even people who are genuinely like always happy, like they still always have, that's a choice. Because and I think it can sometimes be a bit of a like, I don't want to say like a, because everyone has their own thing, but I think sometimes I feel like it can be a bit of a cop out when people say to you, you know, I'd be easy for you because you're always like you're always energetic or you're always really happy like that's just who you are and it's like it then kind of you know because they might be comparing it to their situation and they're like well I'm not capable of feeling like that right now that's easy for you though yeah and it's like oh well actually it might be hard for you right now and I'm not taking away from that but don't like diminish my situation yeah and make it seem like it's just like my natural disposition and yeah. I don't have to put any effort, any effort into, into it. it no that's so true because it's like you know it takes a lot of effort especially when you you have been to like really dark places, places. that would be really warm and cozy to, to go stay back in. To. yeah yeah and it's like it's actually more uncomfortable to be, to be level mm. and mm. to be happy like you said and to be fully feeling your life mm. when you've at times numbed yourself to everything mm. and when you're fully feeling all of the things that's like the height of vulnerability because yeah. then you are setting yourself up for you know potentially if people do Potential rejection <laughs> and yeah. pain and yeah, all those things. And yeah, that dark place then seems like a really good place to, to go just back hide to. Back into, just crawl <laughs> yeah. back into my little dark place. Like I feel like if someone said to me, like you know, it's easy for you, I'd be like, well, it wasn't easy for me when I was fucking in bed for three days. Like mm. you know, I couldn't get myself out of bed because I was crying like continuously and you know, like not wanting to be here. Like you know, and not to be like a savage, but sometimes it's like this is what you see right now. This is just what you see right now. Like, don't, the don't take what you see right now and think that this is something that is unattainable to the general population. Like, I, like, as a statistically, I think for both of us, like, no one, like, statistically, we should be, like, drug addicts, like, in <laughs> yeah. a hole, probably homeless. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the statistics. Like, that's what statistics would say. That's where our life was headed. Like, and we're not those people. And so just try and be a little bit kinder because you just don't know where someone has come from and how much they've worked to get through mm -hmm. um, a really shitty time. Like when you're dark, when it's dark, man, like it's fucking dark. 
like nothing nothing you just not feeling anything is one of the probably the worst feelings (laughs) that you can experience and I think it's so dark because you just get to a point you're just ready to check out you don't want to listen to your thoughts anymore you don't want to do anything you don't want to be especially for creative people to not want to be creative that's probably one of the darkest holes you can be into when you're a creative Mm -hmm. because when you like lose your creativity like that's when you know you've like really like you've lost dropped and you don't feel like you're capable like you're watching people experience like you know normal like human emotions mm. and you're thinking like i don't feel like you're saying like when you feel just like sad constantly yeah you forget what it feels like to just like live and feel everything in your life and you kind of yeah. lose that ability at all like yeah you kind of forget what it feels like to feel normal like yeah. what everyone else does so yeah yeah, I think we could all do with, you know, like, yeah, looking at everyone. When I look at people who maybe appear, like, really confident, yeah, I always think, like, that person must have worked so mm, fucking hard on themselves mm, to mm. get to that point yeah. of confidence. Mm. Or, you know, like, if someone's really happy or has a really happy disposition, I'm like, mm. they must have worked mm. really, really hard to yeah. get there. Yeah. As opposed to just sort of thinking that people were just, like, blessed with confidence. And with <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the time that... Um, I now keep going like back to other things, but it's often I, I feel the people with like super like super high confidence, like that aren't like they they are confident in themselves, but then they still have like a heart of gold, like they're still empathetic, like they're not just like arrogant, like fuck everybody else, leave everyone else behind kind of thing. It's the ones who have got this genuine glowing confidence of like, I know who I am, but I also have empathy for other people too. Um, like that's like, for me, that's like just such a beautiful thing. Cause I'm like, man, like you just give me hope. Like you give me so much hope. Like Mel was my hope person, you know, like she went through so much and then she has this confidence about herself. Like she still has her struggles, but she has this confidence about herself and this, but she still has so much empathy and would like literally drop her life for someone who was struggling. And I think that that was what got me through a lot of my dark time was just looking at her and thinking, okay, I, like I just have to hold on to the hope that I'm going to be there one day, you know? She was like the light. She was the light. She was. And I like I'd kept, and you know, I'd fall back and I'd think, oh my God, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And then as I've kept coming out, kept climbing back out of that fucking hole, you know, I'd fall back into it and then I'd climb back out and... You know, every time I climbed back out, I just felt like, okay, no, like this is achievable. And then the hope grew. The darkness got a bit less and the hope got a bit more. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's why it's so important to have those people around you, like we're saying, that lift you up. Definitely. And we should, yeah, we should look at confidence as opposed to looking at people who are confident and assuming they're arrogant. Yes. Maybe we should look at those people who are confident and be like, that's exceptional. Like, yeah. you know, you must have worked so hard so to hard. get there. Yeah. And yep. let's yep. lift one another up. And, yeah, definitely. Like you said, like, be that light for one another for some, because yeah. you don't know what people are You don't are know. Through. You don't know who you are, who you are being the hope for. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Too. I like that. Um, I am, but you've got your business as well, Astrid Styling, yes. and you're loving that. I love it. It's yeah. just like this, yeah, really wonderful, like, creative outlet that's yeah. just been so, so good. Yeah. And the Geelong community is just incredible. Amazing. And are you still able to do stuff at the moment? Like, are you still I've been doing lots of planning. So there's still planning. A lot of, like, weddings have been rescheduled for sort of, like, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Yep. 
um, but still being able to plan for I've got a few at the back end of this year that fingers crossed your restrictions ease. Yes. Um, and then also some sort of towards like April. Yeah, beautiful. Year. Beautiful. Yeah. And Astrid is very unique too. Like it's a very unique style. Uh, it's very, what would you call it? What would you call the style of Astrid? I feel like it's just sort of like an explosion of colour and sparkle, but then also like, I don't know, very much like me, like a mixture so of like bitter <laughs> and sparkle, yeah. but also a bit gothic and emo and dark. And yeah. yeah. That's what I would, I, that's a great <laughs> explanation, actually. It is. It's very, um, it's very cool, I have to say. Thank it's you. very cool. I think it's so... It's so creative, um, it's so different, and I love that you're putting a spin on decor and events the way that you are, um, because it's, yeah, like it's so you. It's just all, all your, it's all your creative energy, and it's just so nice to see that it's literally like you have just gone, like, <laughs> literally just like, vomited. like vomited, <laughs> um, confetti on everything. <laughs> like, it's so fun. Um, so, yeah, you can find M at Astrid Styling. It's all one word on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, Astrid Styling on Instagram. Um, your blog is at. Um, so, that's on my personal, so at M Leeson. Yes, so that's just like my. Um, oh, that's just your normal Instagram, yes. isn't it? Okay, then so there's a link the in link in there. Okay, so if you go to at M Leeson on Instagram, you'll find M's blog um, where she talks about her journey with fertility as well. Um, so, you can jump on that. Astrid Styling um, is her events business. And um, yeah, what, like, um, what's kind of next, I guess? Like, kind of doing all of the things just focusing on I guess I've got sort of like two careers I work at cotton on full-time and then I've also got Astrid styling so yeah. focusing on my career and then also I guess the biggest thing for me at the moment is just focusing on being a mum and just yeah, pouring everything into pouring all my effort energy mm -hmm. into that um, yeah. in my marriage with Aaron I think yeah I'm yeah super grateful for my life I've got so much to be grateful for i've yeah. got such incredible friends and family and community yeah. around yeah. me and then i yeah i always say to aaron i'm like the day that it life is really fucking wonderful yeah. and i've just got so much to yeah. be grateful for and to enjoy yeah. and then when we eventually get to have kids one day i feel like that's just going to be yeah the icing on top awesome so we'll get you on in the next series and um talk a bit more about other things because i think we could harp on until midnight yes. <laughs> <laughs> and i want to send you home to aaron thank you so much i've loved this thank you i've really loved it it's been really great and like i said i could just talk to you forever but i feel the exact same i feel like yeah. i could just talk to you all night and i, I know love this opportunity to just catch up yeah it's been really good this is me and em catching up guys so <laughs> <laughs> you just had a full insight into what dinner with kez and em <laughs> uh, looks like um, but yes, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you would like to hit me up with any taboo topics, um, even if there's anything that you'd like to talk to Em about, um, or yeah, anything that was raised today, please hit me up at Miss Karen Taylor on Instagram. Uh, again, Em's uh, tags are at Astrid, A-S-T-R-I-D styling, um, and at M-E-M Leeson, L-E-E-S-O-N. Uh, you can find her blog link there on her profile as well. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time.